Nation, welcome to another edition of The Chomp Cast. We know life is precious and your time is valuable, so thanks for making our show part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, we give you those legendary life boons you need to survive 2021. Don't forget to check out SwordChomp.com for written reviews and editorials, merchandise links, podcasts, all of our crazy podcast links you can find there, um, our Patreon, and more. Today we are looking back on the hidden gems of the last generation in video games. You know, hidden gem qualifies actually as a reasonably universal idiom found at comparable frequencies in both American and British English. You didn't know that. Its currency is likely at least partially owed to the following lines in Thomas Gray's Elegy Written in a Country Churchyard, where Thomas Gray wrote... Full many a gem of purest ray serene, the dark unfathomed caves of ocean bare. Full many a flower is born to blush unseen and waste its sweetness on the desert air. Needham Brian Cobb in 1879 actually published a poetic reply to those lines, specifically subtitled The Unseen Rose, The Hidden Gem. Those are the first sort of noted. Um, hidden gem references in literature that I could trace back. Um, I mean, they the, were there uh, before, hid- but somebody had to hide them. Oh, there you go. Uh. <laughs> they were they were truly hidden gems. Um, that's yeah. So honestly, that's really fascinating. Like for me, my first exposure to any kind of like hearing the the term hidden gems was actually uh, coined by a super ultra famous guy by the name of Mikey when he proclaimed it's one eyed Willie. And he gazed upon all the treasure on the hidden ship close to the goondocks. Oh, in the goonies. Today's okay. sword chomp cast is brought to you by baby Ruth. Mm. Yeah. Baby? A lot of, Ruth? <laughs> a lot of, you know, pop, the idiom is real popular in a lot of uh, forms of f- fiction, literature, movies, film, you know, you know. um, what do you know about literature? But it also <laughs> not much. Um, he knows not to live. And it is also <laughs> known as a diamond in the rough, which is defined as someone or something whose good qualities are hidden. So we'll talk about games that we believe were not experienced by enough people. They are hidden out there, but they're we really enjoyed them, uh, and it's sort of an homage to the last generation of the Xbox One. And the PlayStation for, um, I guess you could say the Wii U if you really wanted to as well. Just the last generation. What's we'll, that? We'll, the Wii U is in that weird area, but yeah, we'll be reasonable about it. So, Well, I don't think you, that's not even a good one because all the games that mattered from that got <laughs> been brought to the Switch for the most part. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I was going to say the, um, uh, the the Wii U wouldn't be a good example because nobody bought it, so they would all be well, hidden I, gems. I, I every gonna, that's, that's well, no, no, because I was going to say like the one thing I would be like is a true hidden gem, but did finally get brought to the Switch was uh, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Uh, actually, or Donkey Kong Country uh, Tropical Freeze that also got brought to the Switch, and it's a Donkey Kong game. It's not a hidden gem. Yeah, I know, I know. That's a fun conversation we'll have. Um, anyways, it uh. And, and we're going to talk about a bunch of games. You know, we're talking about... Mostly um, Knack. Val- <laughs> Valheim. Um, we're going to have the, uh, a really a much better conversation about that game this week. Josh and Rich will tell us what 
you know, why there is a beautiful diamond underneath the uh, ugly exterior of Valheim. Um, that game is beautiful. Persona Strikers is a game Persona that Rich has been. Strikers. Oh, I'm sorry. Persona 5 Strikers. There are five Strikers. No, um, it's Persona 5 Strikers. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers. And uh, Rich has been excited about that. He has to deal with um, his first mediocre spinoff for one of his favorite games of all time. Uh, which is always fun. Is it the Dirge of Cerberus of Persona games? Is that what we're looking Absolutely at? not. This game is playable. <laughs> play, play. That's a high bar. Playable. I watched Josh stream Dirge of Cerberus. It seemed very playable to me. I'll have I, you know. We'll get into it later. I like Strikers a lot more than I expected to. Um, yeah, and we had a bunch of fun polls that will, of course, try and validate my opinions and annoy my friends. So it should be a a great show. Um, let's get to some intros. Uh, I know Shay had to, he ran to the door, so he's going to miss some of these intros. I'm so sorry. I still have to do them anyway. Okay. We're on a tight time. We're on a tight window here. Tight window. That's kind of a weird term if you think about it, isn't it? A tight window, Rich? Rich Meister joining us from, uh, New York. What does that I, even mean? I don't, I don't know. It means you have a, a very limited time to accomplish task. A tight window, meaning it's a small opening. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I just think the term is kind of weird, like a tight window. Who do you think would be like a small opening? A All right, calm window. down. You're starting to sweat. <laughs> I, I really thought I was going to go somewhere a lot more profound with that, and we didn't quite get there. So I feel like that's got to be how Welcome a lot of to our show. Start. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um. Anyways, I wrote some special intros this week. At the beginning of every year, I try to give like just a really fun introduction for everyone on the Instagram page. So for Rich, I put Faces of Sword Chomp. Rich Meister has joined us this year. Rich joined us, um, the Sword Chomp crew, in January of 2020. He writes reviews on the website, swordchomp.com. He used to write reviews and articles for Destructoid. He will gladly take a Shonen Jump over a Playboy and the Messenger over God of War and Red Dead 2. He will take Persona 5 over Breath of the Wild because the man loves his JRPGs. That's just the kind of fellow he is. He thought Cyberpunk 2077 was fine. Now Oops. I changed my mind. I actually think it was bad. <laughs> well, it's, well, I've already written it in stone here. Sorry. The stone tablet of time. Um, is there anything I said there that you did not agree with, did not like? You just like, take I just think you, you made weird, weird comparisons, but... Um, also, like, the Playboy thing is weird, because, like, who would take a Playboy? Like, do you, do you not know about the internet? Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. It was just a problem. statement, a list of statements that he just said that are true of literally everyone. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. here he is, the man with a pulse. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> the, man funny, with his, the man who understands some video games a little bit. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny, Josh. Um, yeah. So I mean, yes. I'm not trying to compare those things. Just give you the like. It seems silly to compare the messenger to Red Dead Two. I made that in my big case. My point is yeah. that you... one of them's good. <laughs> <laughs> some people, just... One of them. Some people would say one of them was the game of the year. Mm-hmm. I should have just copy and pasted that intro and just used it for Josh. That would have been a funny inside joke. <laughs> yeah, okay, that would have actually been great. You should have just read the exact same exact thing. script. Yeah, we're like moving on. That yeah, that would have been great. You really blew it, by the way, because you could have still done it. <laughs> you could have just pivoted and been like, "All right, no. moving on to Josh." Mm-hmm. Now, social media, it's 
it's it's a it's a quick turnaround. You know, once it's out there, people absorb it and then they spit it out like it's yesterday's news. Okay. I want to make up um a fake uh post to appeal to boomers and see if I can get them to recirculate it. Like it'd be something really simple. Like it'd be a picture of like I don't know uh Biden like dressed like Stalin and it would say more like a socialism network. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like hey. it seems like self help help tips that aren't actually true circulate really well. I don't know. Have you noticed those? Yeah. yeah I have. Going around, you know, like Oh God. like this one trick will you know, stop your olive oil from pouring in a weird way even like Oh Popeye I yeah. hate those. Yeah, those kind of the one. I would say the thing that I'm most horrified with I, modern I hate when my olive oils with with like <laughs> modern sort of <laughs> modern like TikTok slash social media culture is like people's fascination with these really dumbass. Like, there's these things my daughter watches. These videos are very popular, and they're called they're like life hacks, but they don't make any sense. They're like. Oh, you you ripped your shoe at a party. So here's how you can use your dress to patch the hole. It's just like it's absurd things that you would never do, and they're just mm-hmm. so dumb. But they. But- wanna, oh God, can we make that content? But make it even like more <laughs> absurd. Like, oh, we should. Yeah, li- yeah. Life hacks. Hey, are you sick of all your cooch balls falling to the back of your dresser drawer? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like that idea. Fake life mm-hmm. hacks. Okay, I'm writing that down. Yeah. Fake life. <laughs> You're tired of getting um, sock burn when you're masturbating? Well, try this. We can, make, we can make ones that are clearly just specific to me. Like, are you tired of getting your suede custom-made Waluigi hat dirty? <laughs> yeah. They, they have to, I think it'd be funny if they were all gaming-related in some way. <laughs> okay, well, I'll think about that later. I like that idea, Rich. I like where your head's at. Um, <laughs> I like where your head's at, boy. That's what it can oh. be in the suede. creator, you know? Waluigi Shay has returned to us. Shay Layton, the professor from Japan, and this was his introduction I put on the Swordtron page. Shay's known as Professor Layton because he teaches Japanese kids English. Cute, huh? He has a real impact on the lives of students in Japan. He has an even bigger impact on the Japanese dating world. Zambo! He has an affection for the <laughs> undead and enjoys fighting for the underdog like I can fell an owlboy. Um... He edits some of our shows, and he hosts two podcasts, Chomping Up to Dark, Evoking the Sublime. He actually came up with the name Sword Chomp while receiving oral pleasure. He thought Cyberpunk 27.7 was a top 10 game of the year. Say is here! Thank you. You know, that's probably one of the most pumped ups I've ever been after an introduction in quite some time, so thank you for that. I actually, you know, you now that you mention it... half your body weight. This is... <laughs> Uh, this is completely unscripted. Can I read you guys one of the letters I got from one of my uh, soon-to-be graduating students? Is that okay if I read that live on air? Is this about the whole making impact thing? Of course, of course. Make an impact on my heart. Yes. It's okay. All right. Give me, give me two seconds. Let me grab it. Hold on. We'll interlude. Uh, Don't go breaking my uh, heart. This is an inappropriate <laughs> show. All right, I'm back. All right, I'm back. Don't worry. Two Don't worry. You're, it's okay. You were actually telling the you truth. Ready? You said two seconds. <clears throat> Dear Shay, thank you so much for three years. I like talking with you, enjoyed it very much. In the last three years, speaking English and listening has become better than in the first grade. Thank you. I like English, so in the future I want to work abroad. If that happens, I would be very happy. I have a dream. It's a speech language pathologist. 
It's a job to rehabilitate people with disabilities. I like to help people, so I want to be it very much. I'm so sad that I can't see you, but let's do our best together. I'll never forget you. I love you. From student. I can't Aww. tell you the name because uh, that would be highly illegal. But uh, yeah, I received um, a bunch more letters like that yesterday. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I cried a lot yesterday. Aww. Like I, um, every year I sign their yearbooks because it's presumably one of the last times I will see a lot of those students have been, that have been such an impactful part of my life for the past few years and so yesterday i was signing this one girl's yearbook and uh she she's a student that i talked with a lot the first and second year um but this past year because i i've been working at more than one school now i didn't get to see her a lot and she was kind of busy doing her own thing with her friends so we didn't get to talk a lot and of course she asked me to sign her yearbook and yesterday i was signing it and I started crying because I felt so bad. I was like, I wanted to talk to you more and I, I just didn't have time and neither did you. And I felt so shitty about that. You know, um, it was, it was, it was fucking weird because it came out of nowhere. I'm just signing this yearbook and all of a sudden like tears are falling from my eyes and I'm like, what is this treachery? What is this sorcery coming out of my face right now? <laughs> but, um, Cursed. every year, like I go through this and I love it, man. I I love teaching. Um, you yeah, love the sadness. <laughs> I well, like, I mean, granted, I, I, we've we've referenced this before, and f- fuck the person, but um, the the TV show Louie, I I love one of my favorite scenes in television of all time is that conversation he has with that old man where he's talking about how sad he is because um, him and that girl ended things, and that guy is like that's a part of the love is feeling sad and feeling melancholy about that situation. Cause that lets you know that that love was real, that the, the feelings you had were real. Cause that's a, that's a part of the spectrum of emotion. So yeah, it sucks. I hate, I hate, of course we all in some degree hate being sad in various situations, but um, in this situation, I'm not disliking the fact that I'm sad it just means to me that, I cared about them very much, and they cared about me very much. I had one one of the girls yesterday, she kept running up to me, she said, hey, I love you, and she just kept giving me hugs, and I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, like, would not stop. It was hilarious, so, um, oh. yeah, man, like, I never thought I could care about people as much as I do until I became a teacher, because I used to be, I used to be in the mindset, like, I fucking hate people. Um, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> Shout out to cha- hating cha- people. Woo! It ch- <laughs> it changed when I suddenly became responsible for teaching hundreds of children English and very very basic morality. You know, obviously that's mm-hmm. more up to the parents, but uh, yeah. And I mean, um, it's I mean, it's a great thing. Um, it it pales in comparison to the amount of pussy I've plowed from Tinder, but. You know, it's a it's a close second. <laughs> Boom time, Bambo. <laughs> can, can we can we stop to appreciate that uh, Josh and I made the same joke, basically just a variation on it in uh, the chat here within like two seconds of you mm. reading the line about you just uh, see both of us typing at the same time, and it's like yeah. enter, enter. 
Yeah, and the, the same yeah, joke a, appears. That was a quick one yeah. in there. Very good. Oh um, man, I didn't. No, I didn't even see that because I, I know whenever <laughs> I'm reading or doing something to never check chat. I've learned my lesson yes. many times because yeah, you guys break. We, we, try will break, break me. You. And well, it's yes, a, I'm, I'm the easiest guy to break between the four of us. So I, I tend to not read um, chat. But yeah, well, look at it this uh, way. It's been a beautiful uh, week. As a comparison, Shay, I mean, you had that beautiful experience um, with with your students, and then at your job, and then while I was at my job, I delivered pizza to a sweaty pot smoker who uh, gave me a tip in quarters and pennies that were all greasy and wet, and then I cried in my car. So, you know, I think- And you're like, the connection we shared for that one minute at their doorstep was the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. it's making a real impact in people's lives. I just, it I mean, is, it takes me, like it. it takes me upwards yeah. to a year to three years to make that impact that you're making in one minute. Mm, like it, I, mean, I guarantee you when they shut the door, you're like, man, that pizza driver came in so clutch. Thwam. And then like 10 seconds later, thwam. they forget all about you. But for that one minute, man, you made their day. Mm. No one's yeah. No one's unhappy to see the pizza guy. Uh, Joshua Fowler joins us from Michigan. Uh, Joshua Fowler on Josh's. He doesn't have Instagram, so this might be the first time he sees this. Joshua Fowler. Josh cannot be located on Instagram, but you can find him every week on the Chompcast, making Morgan's life hell. He is also found on Twitter harassing Republicans and retweeting Ted Cruz memes. He hates most AAA games, but you know what they say: the line between love and hate is razor thin. He enjoys Overwatch enough to watch the professional league, even though he dislikes traditional professional sports. He edits a podcast most weeks and works on the website, swordchomp.com. He thinks Cyberpunk 2077 was bad. Joshua Fowler is here. Hey. How was that intro, Josh? Was that acceptable? Hey, yeah, 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 it was pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I guess I should have included things about you being a family man and a nice husband and all this. But I mean, who cares hey. about that stuff, right? <laughs> who needs it? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been banned from Twitter this week? How are you doing on the Twitter? No, bands? no, not again. <laughs> um, and Twitter has a hard time with uh, the idea of a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. So whenever you make certain suggestions to certain politicians. You know, sometimes Twitter will be like, no, this is a threat. Um, no, that's, I don't, uh, yeah. what I said wasn't a threat. It was my thought process. I do think Ted Cruz should kill himself. Mm. <laughs> it was a no. metaphor. Drive Listen. himself off a cliff was a metaphor for, you know. No, no I'm, all I wanted to know I'm, is why he hadn't died in one of the millions of fires he started so far in office. It was a question. It's a question. The, the, That's not a threat. The thing is, tw- Twitter frustrates me because the one time I suggested that um, Joe Biden drink a really nice hot a, hot pot of coffee, I wasn't suggesting that he burn himself. I was simply mm. suggesting that he energize himself, but Twitter took it as I was telling him to go burn himself. <laughs> the hell? Mm. Context is everything, and what I was suggesting was that if Ted Cruz died, his daughters might be happier. No, that that seems true. (laughs) That seems true, especially given he just threw them under the bus. Nothing like scapegoating your children. Metaphorically. The state of the world. We assume metaphorically. I wouldn't put it past him. 
The state and, of the world might improve, or at least the state and, of Texas. And Mr. Senator, we're upset because you left the country during this crisis. Yes, Mr. Cruz, Cancun is in Mexico. <laughs> uh, my favorite defense uh, of that. It, it, and it's true, so yes, I guess you you, you got us. What, what was he going to do anyway? He's the only useless. The could have been more ironic was if Trump ran to Mexico to escape a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Morgan Barnes, General Mountain here from Montana. Um, Prove it. I don't know how I would do that. I, I'm not sure how I could prove sounds it. Like, sounds, sounds like you're going to jail. Uh, Quickly, Morgan, tell me what time it is here in Japan. Uh, it is 10 a.m. 10.30. Good job. It's This is not Morgan, guys. This is Morgan somebody else. Morgan would know that. Oh, that I, did I get it right? That Holy was shit. absolutely <laughs> a trap. And you failed. You nailed There's it, There's no way you're Morgan Barnes. What have you done you with our host? You nailed it, fake Morgan. I'm really We're going to start really calling you Forgan. That- Fake I don't have any Horse sort of explanation game? for um, why, but like if anyone plays that game with me where they're like, guess what time it is, and I have no idea what time it is, I can just sort of like sense it and be like, eh, 425, and I'll be really close. So that's basically yeah. what I just did on a grand scale with Shay, is I just guessed based <laughs> on feeling. But yeah, I can't do that in the middle of the day, but I can always wake up about five minutes before an alarm I set, mm-hmm. regardless of the time. Like, you need to get up at, you know, 433 today, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is good because you need that extra five minutes to jerk off in the shower. At least I do. So it's a valuable time. Um, I thought you were. Off, I thought you were against getting your dick wet. Uh, well, I told Boom. you. I do well, anymore. here's the, here's the <laughs> thing, Josh. He he uses L'Oreal's kids because his dick is worth it too. No more tears. Oh no! I don't like the phrasing "use L'Oreal's kids." I don't like that term. Give L'Oreal back her I kids. I said L'Oreal Morgan. kid, not L'Oreal's who's kids. L- There's L'Oreal? a big difference there. That's why English is so important, Morgan. That's why that Grammarly thirty dollar tier looks better every time we say it. Well, look, there was a Skype pickup. Sounded like you said L'Oreal's. Let's go to the tape. Let's go to the. Well, I told you. Well, here's here's the thing, Josh. He he uses L'Oreal's kids. He uses L'Oreal's kids. He uses L'Oreal's kids. He uses L'Oreal's kids. Demons uh, souls. Demons souls. Yes. <laughs> L'Oreal's. That was my favorite conversation. As you just like really put the effort into be like, ah, demons souls. I'm like, yeah, man. Everybody knew this, but you. And I'm like. Well, you say that, but almost everyone I talk to he, will he, say, he just dude, learned it that moment. He's like, oh, I'm going to catch him. I'm going to fucking catch him. And they will say demon, and they will type demon. So I don't know if that's true, Rich. I might respectfully A disagree. lot of people don't know it's actually Dark's soul. I pr- I pr- <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Speaking of which, good God. 40% of our audience didn't know that a fucking turtle was a reptile this week. So I can only partially. Bury- I got gotcha. you. Know, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what the point was? It, it was you know a teachable moment. It doesn't matter if they knew. I just was able to literally get them to dispute facts to side with me. That's basically how Hitler rose to power. Somebody mm-hmm. messaged me. I think it was the Rev, and he was like, "This is anybody can just look this up." I'm like, "Then why did you say it was an amphibian?" He's like, uh, I, "I don't know." <laughs> I was like, "Come on, people! It's a reptile. Why? Why?" <laughs> oh, this hurts me. 
Yeah, classic. It's not like that people should know everything. I just thought a turtle like you could was just a pretty say, easy. You could just say loosely fitting things. Like, are you like, I don't know, Morgan, they live in water. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways, um, hidden gems. So, the turtle is a hidden gem of the animal kingdom that most people mm. don't know about because they're hiding in their shell all day. Um, Turtles are actually the, like, that's God's greatest creation. It lives forever, and it's semi-aquatic. Oh, mm-hmm. you're, you should believe in God. I'd oh, say that's... second greatest. Tardigrade is the first. I do believe in God, but I think it's Kefka from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> I knew you going to have some sort of a spin-off there. That squares with the data. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in God, too, and he created No Man's Sky. Um, all right, so... You think Sean Murray is God? You think God is a guy named Sean? <laughs> That's the most depressing thing I've ever heard, if true. That makes a little more sense if you think about it. Murray. Does it? I mean... Sean. 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 Okay, so Hidden Gems. Shout out to Sean. Created a universe hey, and, on, and stuck with Sean. Here's a gift from all. Here's a gift for all the Shans out there. Okay, happy birthday, Sean. Yeah, Sorry. happy birthday. Okay. Happy birthday. You know, Sean. it's not that expensive to legally <laughs> change your Sean. name. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's... If you if you change it a little bit, it's almost Shay. Sean. Shay. I, I, Take I, the I legally cha- I legally changed my name to Hideo Kojima. <laughs> All right, so on uh, for for real though, uh, hidden gems. Um, Sean, not a hidden gem of the name kingdom. Um, so I'm curious to see what you guys come up with and sort of how you guys wrestled with the idea. Let's just say we had one hidden gem, one really special. I'm not going to hold you to that, but let's just say you had one hidden gem that was important to tell people about or talk about today on the podcast. Uh, Shay was thinking about this topic whenever he wrote it down, so I imagine he had some sort of game in mind, because normally I'm assuming he does. He's probably taking a poop, and he's like, ooh, I want to talk about that game. Let's make a topic. Um, Roger? You know, Roger 3. That's pretty close to how all my ideas come up. The the thing, and I've told you guys about this so many times, I'll be sitting in the shower just scrubbing my hair, and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's a great idea. And then I never have my phone to record it. Like, that's how that's how those things work, right? But I was in the shower, and I was like, this would be a good way to kind of signal the beginning of the end for this generation, which I, I think we're still going to be very much in, in that, like, limbo between the two consoles and generations for a while longer but i also think with not a lot of people being able to procure a ps5 or xbox series x yet that it'd be kind of cool to give people the ability to go back and hit on one or two games before they um say goodbye to this current generation as well you know they'll have a good year or so maybe two to go back and hit some of those hidden gems so what hidden gem do you want him to hit it? Or hit, whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah, so for me, this one was a no-brainer. Uh, it's a game that I still think about literally weekly. And weekly. I, you know, I'm going to do a little build-up here. I don't think that this game ever gets the recognition that it deserves. It's such a cult classic. And it really mm-hmm. bums me out because this game has amazing music. The art direction is phenomenal. Um, it's so much fucking fun. And 
I wish that FIFA 16 really got the recognition that it deserved because that is just a game that not enough people play. <laughs> okay. I yeah. say Gravity Rush for some reason. I was like, oh, here goes with the Gravity Rush speech. I was going to say, because it, it, just, it reminds me of 2016, which was so much better than now. <laughs> it's uh, debatable. Uh, no, you're right. No, actually, it is Gravity Rush 2. You're absolutely right, Morgan. Gravity Rush 2 is 100% the hidden gem, I think, about from the this generation. Absolutely. That game, we mm-hmm. that was one of the first games we talked about um, way back in the day for our first game of the year show. And I still think about that game constantly. I still want to go back and play it again. The, the, the mechanics of that game are pretty unique still. You know, like it came out five years ago at this point, and I still haven't played any nothing quite like it in terms of mechanics. And those mechanics are super fun, albeit a little bit frustrating at times, but I mean that's the whole part of getting good at something or mastering it would probably be the uh, less insulting way to say you that. You dropped it getting good. <laughs> you dropped it. I, getting I dropped good. it early. But that music, I I that that music is sublime and I know I describe a lot of music like that. Uh I think that it is had some indirect and direct influences on other soundtracks and other composers. Um, I was telling I was telling uh, Josh this that basically I was listening to the, I've been listening to the No Straight Road soundtrack the past few weeks, even though I have never played the game, and I hear so much influence from Gravity Rush Two in that soundtrack, and I don't know if that's intentional or not, um, or they have a common influence there which is certainly possible as well but i would not be surprised if one of the composers came out and said look uh i played the shit out of gravity rush 2 and i took a lot of musical influence from that game because i can it's so similar and on top of that i i really love the story because it's whimsical and fun but it also really talks about something that i think is incredibly pertinent today which is the class system in the u.s that's such a big thing and it's even i think to some degree it's a pertinent thing to japan as well um i i'd say it's probably pertinent to a lot of different countries to varying degrees but a lot of yeah countries yeah right mm-hmm. so i anywhere you can the buy subject coke. matter is really good the story is really good and fun the characters are an absolute blast everything like everything about the game is top notch i think the the thing that kind of held it back was a advertisement b um the art direction is pretty anime style um at first glance and i understand that a lot of people are going to look at that and be like you know the anime thing isn't for me you know uh the, the whole judging a book by its cover i can't really yeah get mad at people for that. I've done that myself. We all have from time to time. You know, you look at something, you're like, oh, that's going to be super fucking anime, and you're just going to write it off. And this game is not, I mean, like, it has a little bit of anime-adjacent tropes and set pieces, but it's not anime. And I understand why that would be off-putting to some people, but it's a very, very good game. Yeah, no, it's got a lot going against it as far as, like, whether it be something you'd be willing to pick up and try i mean kind of like you said it's it it looks very much you know just like an anime game or whatever and it's and it's a sequel to some weird thing on the vita you're like what the hell is this yeah but, yeah um, that, that yeah, yeah hey you can get that weird thing on the playstation the regular the, playstation the now. name the name sounds you like can. a shitty extreme racing game extreme gravity rush on the play sounds, like a, 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 sounds like a great racing game i mean but <laughs> yeah no i would the, absolutely the love Japanese to play gravity is... rush on the ps1 
best the, racing game the, on the console. <laughs> it doesn't exist. The Japanese exist. name is Gravity Days. So which would you rather take there, Morgan? Gravity Rush or Gravity Days? Days with a Z? Z-E? Or Y-Z? Or... D-A-Z-E. D-A- mm. Oh, I like Gravity Days more. I like Days more, yeah. Because it sounds like you're in a daze because in that game you're like flipping upside down and shit. So then you're yeah. like in kind of a hallucination. Like, I'm in a daze because I've been... Gra- gravity dazed and confused. Yeah, gravity dazed and confused. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, right. you, you changing gravity? Be a lot cooler than Bro, you did. let's just get high and drop gravity. I've never seen Days confused. Gravity is the name of that stripper. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's good. accidentally hired while high on PCP. That's good. And Gravity Rush 2 was originally Fast Facts, because I remember elephant, uh, everything like an elephant. I remember elephants. Was originally Shay's Game of the Year until he kicked it off the podium for... Do you guys remember? I wasn't here. I remember. Hellblade. Mm. Yeah. Um, but he had it was too recent of a game that he had played too close to game of the year and he had to digest it longer. Um, okay, Gravity Rush Two, which is located on the PlayStation Four, if you're interested. And of course, the Vita is where the first one is. Shay, if you ever get a Vita one day, you yeah. should make you also go back also and... on the PS4 as well. They... I have a Vita. Oh, it is okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, they, they added it after two because because two did so well on the PS4. Did so well compared to what they were expecting, I guess more so because it's, it's still also. I, I think it was a less about it did so well, and they were hoping it could boost the the like it did well enough, and they were hoping it could boost the numbers because you do have a subsection of people who are like, well, I have no means of playing the first one, so I'm not going to buy the second one. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, it's like I played two and wanted to play it, but I'm like, do I want to play it enough to go track down a Vita because it's not I, like I had played yeah. one on Vita and like. I, went to two excited because I was fully willing to be like, no, that is one of the best first party titles on the Vita. Yeah. Like of, of the first party Vita titles, like it is among the best and the other best among that are like an uncharted spinoff and a remake of a PlayStation two game. Hmm. Yeah. Persona four. Okay. Um, that's a good one. Gravity rush Two. rich. Well, while you're talking there, if you could think yes. about one, now, I'm going to say there's at least a 70% chance it's a RPG of some sort, JRPG someone's ever heard of. Am I right or wrong? You're wrong. If we went back um, uh, another generation, like if we were talking 360, I'd tell you Lost Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, that's a fun game to talk That's a weird game to talk about. That's a great game. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. I, I grappled with this for a while because now I think you're one. Like, I pulled some indie titles I was thinking about at the time, but... When I'm thinking about like bigger stuff that it's a shame that people missed out on, I always go back to Sunset Overdrive because I feel like uh, coming yeah. to other other places besides the Xbox One was like too late, and that game is like very early last gen, but it's got a hell of a style. It is very different from the other stuff Insomniac has made. Um, it's just a weird, cool game. It, it, it's a quote unquote zombie game. But, like, it it has this sense of style that, like, propels it past. I, I talk about feeling jaded on, like, the, the zombie game genre, but Sunset Overdrive, yeah. like, pro- propels itself past that with its wacky weapons and, like, the high-speed combat with, like, this rail grinding and stuff. That's a, it's, that's, yeah. 
it's over the top stupid, but is that game Insomniac? That... Yes, it's Insomniac. Okay, so that was it what was... they made before they made Spider Man. Before Spider Man and before the Ratchet and Clank remake. Yeah. Oh, they did. Oh, okay, and okay. it's got a lot. I mean, the movement's not nothing alike, but it's super fluid. Um, and is it like Jetsu-esque, like grinding? Yeah, you're grinding on everything totally, yeah. and like bouncing off of walls and and whatnot. It's it's really cool. Um, it is a to, very vertical, like action RPG action game. Not action RPG would be the wrong way to put it, but like an action game, like with weird weapons and yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a, a sense of style that is like yeah. unparalleled, and it's uh. It's still on Game Pass, last I checked, so if you haven't yeah, played it, it's, so. it's easy to get a hold of. PC as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, you can play it on PC with the, game, with the PC it, version it, of Game Pass. But that was the, the problem with that game was it wasn't on PC originally. Like, um, it came to PC much later, and I, I just feel, I felt like nobody was talking about that game. I, I remember that came to the early Xbox One era before even I had one, and I remember thinking, yeah. like, yeah, because... That was like in that doldrum era where like nobody was, really had yeah. the Xbox One X. It, it, it was before there buy. was a reason to buy the system. Like, and uh, it if was anything, that early. It was, but it wasn't enough for people. And like all the reception on it was really positive, and people talked about it in a really good light. But at the same time, like I'm talking about like pundits and stuff, and like other people in this business. People of what in we the do. know, yeah, yeah, like. like Talking like people in my personal life who play games, like they've never even heard of it. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. There are so many Wii U games that are like that because that console was just cursed from the get go with that horrible name that confused yeah. every parent in the world, uh, and so unfortunately it sold poorly. But there's some, I mean, amazing stuff on there. Um, most of just, it on the Switch now, thankfully. Mo- yes, yeah. There's not a lot that's still kind of stuck in, you know, forever, forever lost to being on Wii U. Um, but yeah, a lot of it got missed at the time, which was really unfortunate. So Can far, we say we're, yeah. uh, we're, I'm hoping that if we're going to stick with silly naming conventions, I really do hope Nintendo just calls their next console the Super Switch. It, it just seems like such a cool thing, it's hard to imagine Nintendo would do it, because whenever everyone Exactly, wants- yeah. Yeah, when you want Nintendo to go right, they always go left, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunset Overdrive. So far, two for two. I haven't played either of these games, so I think we have good choices so far. Josh, what do you got? I mean, I feel like we should mention it because it's it's been a while, and also, like, it's it's kind of, like, it's big for us, but not for anybody else. Into the Breach, I feel like, needs to have at Hell least yeah. a mention on this show because like like as as a group we love that game but it still has kind of been it's yeah. it's it seems like it's been more niche than it is it's 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 a much more approachable tactics game than people give it credit for but also it's somehow approachable and the best the genre has to to offer at the same time um when you're working with a really tight um like sort of mechanic set like that it's easy to expand upon in interesting ways, and I, Into the Breach does that really nicely. And, like, the, the different unit select-outs, I feel like, the more you play of it, it can get as complicated as you want to allow it to. Yeah, yeah, anyway, so I just, I, I didn't know if it would come up or not, but I figured I'd bring it up myself if it didn't. Um, totally. Yeah. At yeah, that I, point. Yeah. 
I I was thinking about some of those titles. I wasn't sh- sure whether to include them just because of the fact that, of course, I can get that on Switch or Steam. But no, I still think it's it's worth bearing a personal recommendation from us because it was, like you said, it was our game of the year. And that game, uh, granted, Rich wasn't on the squad at the time, but the four of us when Fish was here, we all collectively loved that game. And it it does so many cool things. That game is still um i still think at the top tier of strategy games or tactics games rather um yeah. to this day that is my, num- that is my that number three one years ago for, if that game had like fire emblem style dating and fucking oh my god i'd probably never stop playing it uh <laughs> if it looked you know maybe a little better um it was like it was my number four game that year i like i like the style is charming i'm just saying it wasn't like i wasn't like wild or anything by it necessarily but the gameplay was like perfect 10 out of 10 gameplay really can't complain about it at all yeah you and like, yeah yeah, yeah. You, you could play it for like 20 hours and then be like oh well let me try these weird ass mechs i just unlocked that play completely different and it's like it would be like playing a whole new game and everything was randomized in that game too so like every time you'd load into a, a map like everything that you would get the enemy placements the way they would attack everything was randomized in a really interesting way they kept it just interesting enough to 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 keep you from getting bored so yeah yeah everything is so tightly tuned in that game that just switching which which team of mechs you're using is almost like replaying the same game it's almost like playing the new campaign in like shovel knight um where like just having a different move set for these levels you've played before kind of makes such a massive difference and granted like they they made new levels for some of the characters and whatnot as well um but just having a different move set to yes. to accomplish the same goal, it it's makes totally you approach it completely but familiar enough. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just just enough familiarity to keep you going, and more than enough difference to be like, oh, this is great, and sort of reinvigorate you. Yeah, I will. I will say, I think it works for the list, Josh, just because it, it was. It's in a little. The only gray area there was like it was received well critically. Like, uh, it won best strategy so was, game uh, at the game awards. Both the games we just talked about. Um, no, no, I was checking the reviews and they were, they were good, but not great. Um, but, uh, so it was, it was received well, well, critically, but not a lot of, a lot, a lot of people bought it. Um, whenever I did yeah. the polls on, and like I said, I, I do agree with you, Rich, like the games that you uh, Shay mentioned were received well. Like I would say anything over at an 80 Metacritic is definitely received well. That's an accomplishment, but like say anything over a 70. Yeah, and you're a little nicer than I am. Um, but I would just say no, I that just know how numbers work. Um, <laughs> well, I tell my if I told my, uh, well, that's inappropriate. Um, when I think about the reception of that game critically, it was very strong, but it just did not connect. Whenever I whenever I would try to sell it to people, the visual style really turned people off, and it was a really a difficult sell. And a lot of people I know that bought the game, were, who respected us and bought it because it was our game of the year, were like had trouble kind of getting into it because it's so difficult at first. Um, but then hopefully, I, I hope they were able to kind of get past you know that learning curve of that first hour where you get your ass kicked, and hopefully you go, okay, I'm getting my ass kicked, but this is fun, and I, I kind of see the. But also like. Yeah, and maybe that's, like, yeah. a, a thing of that genre not branching out into huge sex, but, like, it's a roguelike. Like, it's about getting your ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, and I and yeah. I agree. And, like, it's a... I'm trying to find a good... I didn't think it was well, as difficult. It's not just about getting your ass kicked. 
one thing I want to say is it's not just about getting your ass kicked because I think there are pe- there are people who would play Dark Souls who obviously love getting their ass kicked in a game and they would go to this style of game and they would not enjoy getting their ass kicked. It's a type of ass kicking that yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to be facetious or funny here. I'm trying to be sincere. It's the type of ass kicking that you like, which is going to endear yourself to that game. <laughs> I mean, if you are huge in strategy games, this is up there with one of the tougher ones I've ever played or sorry, tactics games. I always mix those terms up. Um, it's going to be one of the harder tactics games you've ever played. And it's, it's a steep learning curve at first, but once you get the hang of it, it gets incredibly addictive. I dropped probably 80 to a hundred hours in that game just because I fucking loved the learning curve on that. And that's also because I love tactics yeah. games and I loved the challenge. But if I'm the average person who doesn't really get in the tactics games. This isn't a good entry point, I don't think, for a tactics-style game. I think it's a phenomenal game, and I think it's um, genre-bending in terms of what it's trying to do. And we said that three years ago, and I still very much believe that. I still think it's top-tier, but I also recognize the fact that because of the difficulty or the challenge and um, the upscale of it, that it's not going to be for everybody, especially ones who like to be abused by games. It's going to... It's going to take someone who's not super into these games to play something a little bit easier, like a Fire Emblem, one of the newer Fire Emblems, rather, and kind of ramp themselves up and get used to it, you know? And on top of that, it's even like you were saying, Morgan, it's a different type of tactics game where Fire Emblem is as much about the character development as it is about the tactics. Uh, Shining Force is as much about the story as it is about the tactics. This game... It really is like the nitty gritty of the tactics as well as that loot like aspect of randomization. Yeah. So it's a different style. It, I how about this, Jay. I would say I agree with you hundred percent. I only though my only mild disagreement is that whenever I was able to get into the game, it was because I put it on easy. Uh and I learned the game on easy. And I do think it is legitimately easy enough on that mode to sort of get the hang of things. And then once you get, once I beat it on easy, the first two islands, I bumped up the normal. I was like, oh yeah, now I understand how the cogs are moving. Mm-hmm. And I think having that easy mode is an important thing because sure. I might have been pushed off the yeah. game. Yeah, no, this is yeah. this is a this is one of those games where I I think yeah there there was a lot of pushback with. Uh, with Sekiro, with with the idea of uh, making these really hardcore games a little more approachable, like why why can't we have another difficulty mode in this game? Like there already is, there are two difficulty modes in the game. Like you can you can get a little bit into the game and activate a bell to play it on hard mode. Which like I've played enough of these games that yeah, I'm gonna play the game on hard mode. But like beyond that, if there's already an option to make the game harder making the game easier shouldn't be too much of a, an, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, be I'm on board with that. the dial the other way. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, like, I think it's, I think that's a reasonable ask. And I know a lot of people were kind of offended by the very idea of it, but I think, I think into the breach kind of bears that out. Like, like you said, like, oh, I, I probably would have bounced off of this if there wasn't an easy mode to, to make me kind of understand how the stuff is going to work, make me, you know, get into it a little bit more. Um, I, I agree. I I think an easy mode is needed in this day and age, but I also think about the mindset or ego of the average gamer. 
And mm -hmm. I think, honestly, the amount of people that are going to willingly turn it down to easy instead of just writing it off is pretty low. Like, they, man, if this game, yeah. if I can't play this game on normal, either I'm just shit or the game fucking sucks. Like, that's what I think about that. And I'm not saying our listeners, any of any of our listeners are that person. And I'm and I'm making a generalization and a stereotype. And if you don't like it, suck my dick. But um, mm. <laughs> I think that's the average ego of a gamer. And like, look, yeah. I've had that ego from time to time too. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accuse others of something that I myself have done. Like there have been times where I'm like, this game's too fucking hard. Why isn't this yeah. easier yeah, I, to entry level into for this game though. instead of just turning it down to easy? I, I'm guilty yeah. of that too. Yeah. No, why, I, I why think would you, you not you make a good the point for that. If the game's it's hard to the point that you're like, this is unapproachable, isn't that just poor game design? I mean, yes and no, because, I mean, I bounced off of Demon's Souls whenever it first came out just because I had, there was not a frame of reference for it. Like, what the fuck is this bizarre we thing didn't know that's what wasting what my Souls time? Was, yeah. yeah, whereas I'm going through it now, and it's, oh my god, it's the easiest fucking Souls game. By it like is. miles. Oh, stop it! No, it's the hardest fucking game. No, game it's it's a fucking joke. Like I went through the mines and literally one shot at everything. Like, did not die to anything. Had people invading me, and I'm like, this game is a joke compared to the other Souls games. See, I think it's um, the hardest of all of them. It's easier to it's easier to break. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. You guys know on Reddit where you have like those humble brag threads. This is just a brag. There's no, there's nothing humble about this, Josh. Mm -hmm. That's just a straight fucking brag. No, but, I mean, A, it was a brag, yes, but, like, I, it's so much easier than the others because of a lot of the stuff they put into it. There are ridiculous difficulty spikes where stuff is just not balanced properly, where, like, you'll be cruising along and all of a sudden something will just destroy you out of nowhere. Um, but for the most part, it's just... The the it, thing it as a whole is easier. Break. It's just they've got they've got these weird spots where it's like out of nowhere something will be ten times stronger than anything you've seen so far. Um, yeah, and that that sort of be... tuning, I think I think it's like the, it's it's the least balanced Souls game is as far as that goes. Uh, kind of on both ends of the spectrum. To me, it's like all the stuff like um, the fact that you can't just you can't even buy like the good health leaves. So if you burn through the health leaves, you got there's no Estus flask to fill or things like that. Like you could buy um, a healing spell. I if you could, I committed to, um, I committed to a certain build that it's not necessarily a bad build, but like uh, I just took Rich's advice on the two handed thing, and it, and it really fucked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> mm -hmm. I actually started in, uh, doing a lot better in the game when I went with a one shield, one sword combination. Yeah. The pairing um, is the parry timing in this game is really generous compared to some of them. Um, uh, well, you can, and you can get to areas like, oh, these rats will give me plague, and I don't have the item that cures plague, and I can't find the item. You can't go buy that item. You literally just have to come across. It like, takes it takes three years for them to properly make one. It's it's yeah. just I got a lot of archaic stuff in it for me that's driving me. I dude, I've been playing that game like crazy, and I love it. But I for me, it's the hardest one. But um, so thanks for bragging, jerk. I think <laughs> if we were to somehow manage it in the future. I think it'd be really cool to do a podcast episode. I'm sure other podcasts or publications have done it, but if we were to rate every Souls-like game in terms of difficulty, 
Mm. Um, I think that that'd be a huge endeavor, but I think that'd be something fun that we could do in the future because like we can include all the, the dark souls and demon souls, neos, we could do Sekido. I don't, I don't think you could we ever catch up with at this point. Like it became such a big thing that at this point, like there's no way you could ever like while, while trying to get through the backlog of souls likes, like unless we delegated stuff and then at that point, it's not like you can really compare it. Like it's it's impossible right. to catch up at this point. Now let's or rank we all could, 2D platforms. Or we would have to get like a sponsorship from one of the big companies like Microsoft or Sony because yep. I know that I'd probably break like five fucking controllers <laughs> just <laughs> trying to play through all those fucking games. I would games. say just We'd the from software ones. Just the from software ones would probably be interesting. Um, but like to what you're saying, Josh, there's weird things. Like I didn't know that there's a um, world tendency. So like I didn't know that if you die when you're not in soul, did the designers. If you die when you, <laughs> whenever you're not in soul form, like you can really fuck yourself over in that world. So there's this world even now where it's so difficult to kill anything because the world tendency is black. And I had to look it up, and I'm like, what the fuck is the game? Doesn't tell you what the hell. For world the record, t- if you were wondering how to change the world tendency, even the people who made the game don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that like. Towards the end of that game's life on PS3, they just started doing. I don't know. The world tendencies white this weekend. Well, if I, it's, I kinda... it's really awkward. Like, like I understand it just because of reading up on it, but like, yeah, it's not. That's the one thing I wish they fixed with um with this release was the world tendency. I don't know yeah. how we got here. Well, it's that... it's not just yeah yeah we're we're completely off track here. But well, yeah, I was just, I'm it's just not very just jealous, that because I'm I'm finding it to be very difficult, and it doesn't sound mm. like you're finding it to be as difficult. So um. no, like it, it, it's the world tendency in specific is even if you know how to change it, it's a pain in the ass. Um, yep, you got to kill those red enemies that are really strong. You have to kill bosses. You have to do stuff like that to increase it back. I've been oh man I'm in a deep Demon Souls hole. I just haven't been talking about it because we don't have time on the show. Mm. But I've been playing that game <laughs> a lot in between other stuff. Uh, that's a good one, Josh. I think I'll go with that one too, Josh. I'll go into the breach. I will second it because yeah. I do want people to play it. Um, I will say that I I ended up getting so enough into that game that I beat it on. I tried to like I made a custom party and tried to finish it on the highest difficulty to get that achievement, and I did. It. I was really proud of that. Um, right. Not as like a humble brag, but just as like I want to beat this on expert just to see if I can do it. I just it was a two island run though, so I'm not gonna you know say it was a four <laughs> island run. Um, I it, it I don't even hard. care about that. Like it's I feel like this game is balanced around the idea of whenever you feel like you've got the build where you want it, that you you go for it. Um, it's it's it kind of feels oddly enough. I feel like Hades took this idea with the the final zone where you you can kind of push your luck with you know deciding to go into more areas to get additional power ups if you want to. Yeah. Or if you feel like you're already there, like okay, I'm not. Why would I not go risk it. something damaging yeah. me um, before then? And I feel like they kind of got that idea from Into the Breach with you know. Into the Breach has a really cool system where you kind of you pick when you're ready to go fight the last boss. Um, yep, and it's yeah, it's yeah. That's that another really cool thing cool. about it. They're like, hey, you can go try the boss now too because each island gets exponentially. You can get stronger, but the enemies get exponentially more difficult. So 
Mm-hmm. If you can beating the game after two islands is way more manageable, and you can pick what order you want to do it. The game, even even the way you can pick which missions within the continent, like it'll show you little maps on the grid, and like if you do yeah. this one, you're gonna get like three grid powers, and it's a little harder. But you can do this one; it's a little easier, and it'll give you one grid power, but you'll probably not lose anyone. You know, it's there's so much flexibility to the randomization as well that it's just yeah, there's not. I don't, uh, that game is really, if you're someone like me who's always been pushed off by that genre, it basically took every issue I had and fixed it. It just didn't have the dating sim stuff, which is a tragedy because I really like to make my. Uh, that is a tragedy. Yeah. Like, it's a shame you can't date those bugs. Well, dude, it's, it's fucking shame you, anime. It's a shame you can't fuck those robots. It's it's basically Gundam. <laughs> Imagine if it had like Gundam ass Fire Emblem dating sim. That'd be so fucking cool. What do you mean like Gun- Gundam ass, so, like dead teenagers? Um, Well, hot teenagers having sex, hopefully. Okay, everybody uh, clip that. The Darling in the Franks. Okay, good to know. Chris Hansen enters the chat. <laughs> Morgan, why don't you take a seat? <laughs> um, I will say this. I'm not going to go into a long speech about it because I, I'll, I'll agree with Josh's, but I'll just say this. When um, the, the the VR gets set up on the PS5, I think a lot of the VR stuff is... is 2023. In, ...is basically a hidden gem because nobody really bought... Well... People bought VR, but it's a niche thing. So I hope that people give it a shot. I'm not saying yeah, go yeah, back. As far as on console, yeah, I don't console, think, yeah. yeah. There's a reason it didn't and... launch with VR on PS5. It's it's because it's it's not a priority for them. Um, no, that's why we were so excited to see that news this week that they're actually going mm-hmm. to be at least putting some work in the. V- I didn't think that was going to happen. I really didn't. I thought it was left. Even when I interviewed Jason Graves this week, we were talking about VR. We were talking about Moss and stuff. And how he, he bought the Moss Astrobot thing. That was the one that pulled him in. And I just, I'm surprised that it didn't do better, but it did well enough. But there's so yeah. many people that did not play VR. So I think that whole thing could almost qualify as a hidden gem because, good God, how many people did not play VR, you know? Even though the, the attach rate's very high for people that did buy stuff. Like, I'm sure Astrobot sold over a million copies. But Well, yeah, there was only so much out there. So they yeah. were, like, people who had it were eating up everything there was. And if you want a hidden mm-hmm. turd, there's a Final Fantasy fishing game you should definitely check out. Um, who doesn't like a hidden turd? But, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff for you to chew on, think about. Um, I was kind of, some of those... I know I like chewing on turds. I, I will say this, Josh, not that I disagree with our particular choice, playing devil's advocate just for the sake of conversation. When Shay originally thought of this topic, I was hard for me to settle on into the breach or something like that because I thought of like the past I was thinking about the last generation, right? And I was thinking about yeah. mostly like the consoles and like into the breach really could have been any generation. I mean if you think about well, it. Well, but I mean most games are. That's true of a lot of stuff. Yeah. I don't Sunset Overdrive couldn't have been a prior generation. I mean maybe Why it, not? Maybe just a lot uglier, but I don't I don't know. I just I'm just saying that the part of the Sunset Overdrive experience, part of the Gravity Rush experience is due to the power of that console like showing off the art direction or the power of their uh, system. And like I'm not saying me and Josh our choice is bad. I'm just saying when I thought of into the breach Playing devil's advocate, I was like, "Well, it doesn't make me think of the last generation. It just makes me think of a great strategy." Yeah, game. no, that's that's a sign of a good game. I know. I'm just I'm yeah. just talking that, about the that interesting. It doesn't make like, you think. Oh, technicality. Oh, that's a fucking PS2 game. I actually think of it as a PC game in my head. Weirdly enough. Oh, oh that's weird. Yeah. If you were playing it properly, even though I put a hundred hours into it. it on Switch because I'm a crazy person. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think anyone playing a tactics game on a 
not a PC when they have the option as a crazy person, if I'm being honest with you. Well, that Into the Breach was built really well for the Switch. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> agree was, with that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to be able to pick that game up and play it for like a half an hour and then come back. It's the same thing with Hades to me is like, I can pick up Hades. I can run through Asphodel really fast and then just put it down and then pick it back up when I'm ready to again. I love that about um, the Switch, and I think it really caters to tactics games, especially if you're if it's the type of tactics game where you're able to do a quick run and put it down and then come right back to it. Yeah. No, that, that's understandable, and I'm sure it's serviceable. It's just there's, there's always a mental... Any time I have the option, I would nine times... Like, 100% of the time, rather be playing tactics game mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Some some games pull it off well. I think a lot of them... Um, if they have, like, if they... Uh... Let me see tactics. That's always been console. Well, it yeah, has, but also it's also kind of awkward. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah, like... And, and that's why I specified if you have the option. Like yeah, for, for example, Final Fantasy Tech in general, they even give you the option of which way is up. Is it yeah, to the left yeah. or to the right? Because they even understand, like, this is kind of awkward um, as far as controlling it with a, with a D-pad. It works, but it's not ideal. Yeah, I think yeah. just, yeah. It just depends on the game. Just depends on the game. I think games like Fire Island stuff work perfectly fine on the Switch. I think they work great. Well, yeah, no, no. I think, I think if you have the option, if it's not isometric like tactics, like if it's literally just a grid, controller's fine. Yeah, you can use the D pad and, and click where, wherever you want. Well, but, but tactics is a grid, but it's, it's not. It's an isometric grid. It's an isometric grid. But I mean, like, just like straightforward. You're looking at it from the top down. It is a grid and only a grid. Um, you can't move your camera. I feel like that kind of translates better. Because um, I, I never really had control problems playing like wargroove uh on the switch uh just because it's 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 a straightforward enough thing to control with a controller yeah yeah and shout out to anybody uh we'll, we'll take a break here to anybody who does get a, a psvr down the road check out that um not the rick and morty vr game but um there is a spinoff it's so it's such a hidden gem it's i always forget the name of it. it's just from the, the creator um, and Trevor Saves the Universe. Yeah, that game really, really impressed me. Like, the quality of that game. Uh, to me, that's a, a good hidden gem. Let's take a quick bathroom break, and we'll talk about some games, and then we'll get to some polls and Patreon shoutouts and all sorts of good stuff. So we'll be right back. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a T-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you oh. can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. And we are back. Um, before we get to the big one here, Valheim, 
Uh, I want to ask Rich about a spinoff to his beloved Persona 5, Persona 5 Strikers. Fuck Rich. Which is apparently a soccer spinoff in which the teenage students shoot themselves in the head to do a bicycle kick, correct? Okay, first off, fuck you. Um, They haven't... (laughs) Nobody shot themselves in the head since Persona 3. Get some fucking perspective. Um, wow, they're not guns. They're, they're, they're called evo- they're called evokers. Uh, second off, I, I like I I've been everyone's making the soccer joke. Like like I wouldn't have welcomed a fucking Persona soccer game. I keep thinking about buying that anime soccer game that's on everything from last year. Um, Can we just, anyway, it is it, it's no it doesn't mean the game is bad, but it's just a dumb name. Anyways, t- the game apparently is not dumb. Rich seems to be enjoying. it. No, I I'm enjoying it. Um, this is from Omega Force. It is a Muso game, a, a Warriors game, if you will. Okay. Um, that is a direct sequel to Persona 5 set in the summer following the events of it. Not a sequel to The Royal, which changes the ending of Persona. Like, so far, I don't think I've noticed anything oh, that could distinctly make, make it definitely not. But it came out before uh, Royal in, in Japan. Um, oh, wait, this so- Strikers came out before Royal in Japan. Yes. Oh, weird. It came out last year in Japan. So it's like Royal is like another alternate timeline in a weird way. Well, it's almost like... There's almost nothing in this story that suggests to me that it couldn't be taking place in the same timeline as Royal, hmm. but it, it, it's like a weird side story. But anyway, um, Anime. we'll get into the story in a minute. The main hmm. thing I want to talk about is the the gameplay, because the best compliment I can give this game is it's almost like it's not a Warriors game, not a Musou game. Um, it's more like they turned Persona into an action RPG. Okay. Um, so unlike your typical, you know, Musou Warriors game... The the maps are huge, I'll put it out. It picks up in the, the summer following the events of Persona 5. Um, uh, Joker, your protagonist, returns to Shibuya to reunite with his friends over summer vacation. Um, they end up finding themselves back in the metaverse as they were planning a trip to go away together. Um, that's all tied around this sort of AI that has become uh, popular in Japan called Emma. Uh, they actually got the original voice actor for Siri to do the voice for this AI assistant in this game. What? Huh. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, but basically, uh, they end up finding themselves in not palaces like the previous game, but uh, a distinctly different entity in the metaverse called that they refer to as jails um, huh. that have sort of a similar structure. And they have rulers called monarchs that are stealing the desires of citizens of an area. And the way they differ from palaces is... They're, like, the size of a whole city. Like, the first one is all of Shibuya. And, uh, the gameplay is kind of like a Musou game, but it differs in a lot of ways. For one, you actually form parties, like a a typical Persona game. You, um, form a party of four, and you can use the directional buttons, uh, to switch between any of the four characters you're playing as, uh, utilize their Personas, including Joker's wildcard ability to unlock and fuse new Personas. And uh, rather than, like, your typical Warriors game where all the enemies are running around constantly on the battlefield, you strike an enemy and you actually enter combat. You enter a combat instance. And there are, like, at least 100 enemies in any given combat encounter. But at the same time, it just feels like a action RPG version of Persona. You're comboing. You're using your Persona attacks to exploit weaknesses. You have your melee weapons. You have your guns. Um... It took a weird amount of time for me to really click with the combat, and I feel like have enough skills to use it effectively. It was up until I finished the first dungeon, which was about six-ish hours in. 
I didn't feel like it was really clicking in the right way, and I was starting to think I might need to turn the difficulty down because it had these weird spikes where it was either way too easy or mind-bendingly punishing when you encounter a boss for no reason. Uh, that's, like, my biggest grievance with the combat. I feel like where I'm at now, I'm in the middle of the third dungeon. Uh, it, it's kind of that, found that nice slope there. But this has this weird... It's, it's a road trip game. Like, after you take down Shibuya, you end up finding out these palaces are popping up all over Japan. So what do, what do our uh, rambunctious phantom thieves do? They hop in an RV and they, uh, they go see the world. Taking, gotta taking jump down... on the cat bus. Yeah, we got a regular bus this time because mm. Morgana can't turn into a cat bus in the real world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, best note when playing as Morgana, you can hold down a triangle to turn into the cat bus and just drive around. Perfect. It's the best design choice ever. Yeah. Um, there's also two new phantom thieves in this. Um, the first one you meet almost immediately. Her name is Sophie, and she is a, a AI you find inside the metaverse that has taken physical form. I will not ruin who the second one is because it takes a decent amount of gameplay before that person joins the party, um, and it it's an interesting and, and neat character. Is it a is it a prominent character from five? It's a prominent character that's in this game for hours and hours and hours before they become a phantom thief. Okay, okay, but not necessarily a prominent character in the Persona Five. It is not a character from the original okay, Persona okay. Five. It is a new new character. In fact, if you watch the intro video, it will 100% ruin for you who that is, just as anime is wont to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it's a big deal to know it, but I don't also don't want to ruin it for anyone that would want that reveal to come naturally. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, the dungeons are all distinct enough. Like, the third one is kind of like an ice, an ice one near in the, the city of Sapporo, uh, which has like a snow theme to it. All the design stuff is really cool. The music's great. I just, I worry it's going to stick around for too long and get to be a bit much because Warriors games tend to do that. Yeah. But at the same time, the way they've RPG'd the hell out of it and the way the writing is kind of on par with a mainline Persona game, um, even to the point of there's not like individual social links, but there's an overall bond level. And as you visit different cities, there's things you can do when you're outside of the dungeon with your... uh your team members and like side request missions and stuff like there's enough there that's really kept me going and i've already put like 20 hours into it yeah that's the tricky thing right i mean whenever they came out with that um that zelda one they were t- people were talking about how it wasn't a super long well i don't remember i thought people were saying it was a shorter one of those games and people were kind of enjoying the fact that it was because those games they are they're you get fatigued by them pretty quickly um but e- yeah yeah that but it's got the style that Persona has. It's got a bunch of new tracks, and the music's just as good as the original. It added a cooking system that I really like, and Persona 5 kind of had cooking with the curry stuff, but now you can, like, do multiple dishes to make uh, healing items for the dungeons. I actually like the way they do it, which is you start knowing how to make, like, curry and coffee, the two things uh, the protagonist learned in Persona 5. And as you go to different cities, you can kind of sit down at restaurants to eat, and you'll be like inspired by what you order, and then learn how to make new yeah. meals. Yes, I mean, get jumping on the cooking train. Um, Cooking's fun, but how? So, how does this quality of the narrative compare in your eyes to the main game? Is it just okay, serviceable? It, as far as the overarching narrative goes, like naturally, a way a game like this would, it feels a little shoehorned to like what would make these characters come back together and start being phantom thieves again. Uh-huh. But the part of it that really shines is just 
seeing these characters together again. Like, the conversations between the characters and all of that writing is what is the strong part. Like, I care a lot less about the overall mystery than I did of the original Persona 5. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just like the banter of having these characters back together again. When you said that shoehorn thing, it just reminded me of, like, when I was younger and they came out with the third Jurassic Park movie, and I think I was watching The Daily Show with Jon Stewart at the time, and he was saying, they found a new reason that they have to go back to the island full of dinosaurs. He forgot his watch. And it was just like, there's always, they have to find some silly reason to bring... No, it was because somebody forgot their kid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was the actual reason in that um, movie. Yeah, they forgot their... <laughs> no, that was real. <laughs> yeah. Like a bunch of, some, some fucking dumb rich white people were like, we paid for an expedition to the, the dinosaur yeah. island and we lost our son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, you leave the kid. Well, Josh, yeah, no, that's no. over. You don't, you don't have a son anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they were real people, yeah, you go back for them. But rich people, no, you leave the kid. Yeah. Did you guys know there's a whole Netflix Jurassic Park show where that's like the whole plot of it is like a bunch of kids got left on the dinosaur island? And, mm. like, my understanding of the setup is, they're like, well, they got lost there after the camp. And they're like, what? Yeah, the camp. You made a camp on the dinosaur island? We're not stupid. You made a camp next to the dinosaur island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh, God. I, uh, man, look, we can't, we can't go into that right now. I have too much, too many thoughts. Too many thoughts on this subject. Um, okay, so Persona Strikers, not a soccer spinoff. Strikers. Stop with the jokes. Rich is getting sick of it, guys. You're the only one doing it. Um, <laughs> other thing I'm going to throw out there is this is a conscious decision I made, and I can't speak to how it's actually running on the Switch. Um, I talked to Josh a little bit about this. After playing uh, Hyrule Warriors on the Switch, I decided to go with the PlayStation 4 version just because, mm. boy, yeah. can those uh, Warriors games, like the, the particularly Zelda on Switch, when there's a lot of stuff happening on screen, which is kind of the whole point of those games, Boy, can it fucking chug. It would dip below yeah. 30 FPS sometimes. I have really hit a corner on my Switch that is probably going to annoy you guys and other people for from now on out. Which You're not supposed a, to drop them on their corner. I, I, lo- like, I love it's like my... like the worst way to drop one. I love my Switch, but I just feel like them. it's just the gulf between what I can do on my PS5 and my PC is so... And, and I don't need the portability of it. So, like, the I, when I was watching that PS... Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk? How dare you. How could you? I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, it's too distracting for me. I feel like I'm going back to like an older generation. And I'm not as nice about that stuff as you guys are. That sounds great. Um, well, you know, it's part of being a snob, Rich. I can't. But I don't know. That's being a snob. It's just like having poor taste. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. So it's like the opposite. Hurt my feelings. <laughs> Hurt me deep. You cut that me was right. The in- Morgan, cut me right that was the intent. <laughs> You'll be up later thinking about that. <laughs> You'll be like, the fuck did the fuck did he mean by that? I'm just gonna wake up in the night. <laughs> Rich, I had bad taste. <sighs> Go back to bed. The podcast's over. <laughs> oh. Um. Well, you know, is what it is. It might not be a popular opinion, but just then you check your 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 DMs. There's just a message for me. It says it's... Breath of Fire Three is better than Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is hell. That is some form of hell for me. Um, I, but I, to having said that, I'm still excited. To be, I'm still going to get shit on it. I'm still going to get you know Pokemon Snap and stuff. I'm not going to yeah. not play the goddamn thing. I do. I do think watching stuff like that happen and seeing how much they're pushing it to its limits. Um, 
there's no way there isn't a Switch Pro or a Super Switch or something next yeah, year. Yeah, no, I, that, that's a good way of putting it, Rich. They're getting to the limits of the Switch faster than I thought they would that first year playing Zelda. I think it's faster than they thought they would, too. And when I look at some of the new stuff they're revealing, like that Pokemon game and stuff, I can't help but wonder if there's going to be a, a Switch with a better processor launching near mm. games like that. Yep, let's hope so. Super Switch. Um, you guys have been digging into Valheim quite a bit so yeah. you guys me and me and Shay are just the active listeners for this portion of the podcast because we did not play that either i started it but i was <laughs> i was like oh no i can't i just wasn't in the mood for it I, honestly it, it, it's i do not have a negative so or positive opinion on the game i just was not in the mood for it but i'm excited to talk mm-hmm. to you guys about it um you guys so you guys okay let's let's take it back to the beginning you guys set up a server together what saturday night yeah we uh we've been doing Saturday night streams. Uh, we did Valheim this week. Jo- Josh played considerably more than me. I want to get back to it. We're we're talking in the channel. Shay graciously made for us in the Discord about trying to set up some sort of uh community uh server. I, I may look into doing that this weekend uh for us because I I want to play more of that game and I want to play more of it in a group. Have you only really and- played it generally with Josh? Yeah, just Josh and I played. Like, my bulk setting was Josh and I played for four or five hours and carved through the first boss. Okay. Um, And my game's just fucking fun, man. Like, I... And I think I figured it out. And I, it's because it's, it's WoW, but 20 years ago. No, okay, well, that yeah. sounds good. I love WoW. Um, it's been yeah, a lot of WoW. Ways. Yeah. You're... It, like obviously it's a different game in a lot of aspects but it's a survival game that feels approachable and not too punishing and it's just filled with like surprisingly deep combat and i just want to get a cape and a better weapon and it's the same loop as wow at this point yeah it, it's it's interesting because it's it's also like wow um it's very approachable at the beginning but it doesn't stop you from doing dumb things, like especially in early WoW, you could just you know, go wherever you want and, and do anything yeah. and and get killed by literally everything. Um, it, it doesn't level scale, which is a thing I'm kind of excited to see coming back. Like you can wander into a zone and get fucked. Like we yeah. built our first settlement on the edge of a zone we were maybe a little too close to. So Josh and I are trying to put fences up around our houses and like every once in a while, an enemy that's just a little bit too strong will wander out from the tree line and we'll be like, Oh fuck, gra- grab a weapon. Come on. You gotta help me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're not killing this thing on our own. Um, and that continues as playing significantly more than that. Cause I've been playing by myself as well, just to kind of, uh, I want the experience of playing it as a group, which I think it seems like it's tuned for that. It seems like a lot of the grindy aspects of it um, are things that you can do as a group, like getting getting your gear and kind of making your house. It's that's reasonable or whatever, um, but like building boats and whatnot, it requires. That's a group effort. Enough extra resources that doing that on your own starts to feel a little bit. It's not tuned for that as much. Like it's a lot of work to to get that stuff on your own. To to a point, you'll eventually get get somewhere where it's like, okay, I can I can. It's approachable again. Um, 
but it is quite a hump to get over on your own. But once you get over that hump, they kind of you're you're set loose on the world. You can sail anywhere you want and go and explore. And um like you you beat the first boss and they give you like a marker, okay, here's the next boss. And after that there's nothing. The the second boss will drop a key that will like a, it's 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 got text on there that says something about it being like kind of damp and musky smelling and um that's so where I, the, the dungeon stuff starts to come in is my understanding i think that it unlocks something in a swamp so i went to a swamp and the first enemy there fucking one shot me from like forever away um it's so much of the game is built around this idea of like the, they'll let you go do what you want um whether that's a good idea or not um yeah, I'm. I'm really. I've I've been digging it. I I, I think I think it's pretty well tuned. Yeah, uh, it's you were noticing, you were like telling us that you like swam out to an area and you're like I think it was either an island or a giant like creature or something like that. I was. It, yes. Yeah, it was a it was a massive octopus. Oh, and, that's uh, great. I love that stuff. But anyway, you could mine the barnacles on it, uh, and I did that for a while, and eventually it got tired of me doing that and swam away. It, it didn't attack me, which is what I was worried about. <laughs> it just is like, okay, all right, I've had enough of that, and then swam away. I, I, as we were building stuff on that stream, like it, again, it's like that like weird emergent stuff is like I'm messing around down by the shore where we built our houses, and I'm just like, oh, uh, yeah, Josh, I, bu- I built a raft. And we're like, ah, we, we need to finish up what we're doing here. We can't go out. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to try it out to see how it's gone. And like five minutes later, you can just see me on the shore. I'm like, uh, yeah, Josh, that raft's gone. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> that reminds me of like all those early CFDs memories that we had that were so good. Um, I'm always sad that we can't really duplicate those original CFDs. You know, well, we need to one of these days. We need to get rich in on that. Well, but that- you could fire up, uh, you could fire up Valheim. Uh, I I'm I'm going to. I just wasn't in the mood of this. I'm going if, to. Fort. If I if I get a community server up, you have to. You have to come be. Viking I would. I just us. yeah. Me and Josh would be sharing that one. I emailed the company I, I mean, very kindly. I was like, hey, your game's selling like gangbusters. You want to throw us a code? But I never heard back. So it's twenty dollars. You could just buy it. <sighs> well, Josh already has it, so why should I buy it? Um, so you could play it so with him at play, the same time. We, we we've literally you. You I'm started s- at that premise. You started with the premise that is the answer is to your question can at I the get, end of it. Can I get trophies? No. Oh. Um, I, it's early access. They wouldn't have trophies even if it were on PS5 yet. It's true. Oh, it's early access. You know, damn. So it would. Mm, so it wouldn't even take. For the for the record, they're they're doing great now. By the way, and I, I'm interested to see how they expand the scope of this. My understanding is this studio was five people, and now they are looking to staff up big time. I'm yeah, I'd assume so, considering yeah. five people sold four million copies that quickly. Yeah, yeah, they are looking to staff up big time. But my understanding is, yes, this was five people who made this this initial version of this game. You, um, I'm gonna be, if it doesn't go into full release this year, I'm gonna. It's gonna be funny at the end of the year if people want to put it on their game of year and they have those big fights like, oh, should we put early access on game of the year? Bah, bah, bah. Mm-hmm. I still think always the answer is, uh, you know, you do an early access category. You know, that's probably best, the best. best and, yeah, that's probably best, the best. I, I think I, we'll talk about it at the time, but I think we should do like a best early access game or best up and comer or whatever we want to call best it. Best unfinished game category. Yeah, that's actually great. Yeah, best that, unfinished game. That would I think that would have settled the Cyberpunk. Yeah, Cyberpunk would have won that in yeah, a exactly. landslide. It would have been great. Uh-huh. No, nah, there's definitely better unfinished games that came yeah, out. Yeah, there were. <laughs> there were several. 
When you say several, you mean... I mean just offhand. <laughs> just offhand. Uh-huh. Rogue Legacy 2. Rogue Legacy 2, Hard Space Shipbreaker were both infinitely closer to being done and just much more enjoyable. And the, 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 the studio communicated a lot more about what they were doing. Josh, <laughs> I want to ask you something. Could you just next time try liking it more? Could you just do that for me? Just try liking it more. Well... Rich, in accordance with your previous statement, uh, yes. I, I have to respectfully disagree because at least uh, CD Projekt Red made it known that their game actually exists. Nobody knows the games you guys just listed. You can tell me nobody knows what Rogue Legacy 2 is? Mm. Nope. Nobody. The game that invented a genre? Nope. Well, it didn't invent, nobody. but gave the naming convention to? Nope. Nobody. All right. Well, what's this? I uh, how did when did two Morgans get here? <laughs> well, we we established there was Forgan. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, right. Forgan. I, I think that's like Morgan. a sexual fantasy. Foreskin? Four Morgans at once equal to the size of one normal penis. Wah, wah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a fantasy or just something unfortunate just that happens. Scientific fact. <laughs> Four men failing to please you while going on and on about Sean Murray. <laughs> Search, type that into Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking you for the 27th time is like that time Sean Murray added that update to No Man's oh, Sky. Oh, you guys don't believe in this, but they have fucking pets now in No Man's Sky. Oh my god, I need to I, get I on I do there. believe they it, do. I saw it. I, I saw people free. I will say this, this is the weirdest revelation I had this week about No Man's Sky, is there are people out there that like the game more than me now. I'm like, what the fuck? I was the fucking leader for this game, and now there's people that are more hardcore than me. Pretty much, a lot of them. So, I've fallen behind. I'm a, I'm a fake fan, I'm a loser. Pathetic, mm. pathetic. That's true. If you're waiting for somebody to correct you, we might as well just move on to the <laughs> Come next on, guys, someone stop me. Someone stop me. <laughs> Uh no I want I do want to check in on that a little bit just so I can talk to you guys about the pet thing seems cool I saw somebody put like rockets on no, the no, T Rex I was like that seems I'm, neat I'm always eager to hear what weird shit they are doing with that game at this point but yeah mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little overwhelming even for me um okay cool so Valheim seems really really and so on a scale like would you guys say that this game when I'm thinking about the grand scale of like how this thing's sort of blown up a little bit it's kind of hard to really gauge. That stuff nowadays, I could check like Twitch numbers and stuff, but this game is doing really well. Um, it's the the thing right now. Do you guys think that it's going to have? You think it's something that'll be hanging around for you at the end of the year, perhaps? Or do you guys think it's just sort of a flash in the pan? Or what? I I, I think it's, I really there's a lot to see even in the current build, and I just enjoy playing it. And it's I think it's for a while it's going to be that game, especially if I get this server up and running where like what passes the time for like the monotonous work in that is like me and Josh just sat there for four hours, just bullshitting. Like we were chopping down trees for the most part, but just, you know, bullshitting, hanging out in Twitch chat. And like, that's mm-hmm. what makes those games fun. That, and that might've been like, what would have saved you a little more with something like sea of thieves, because we all had that game to play together, you know? I, and so if you didn't have anyone to really play that game with, it would have been probably more of a dud. I, I a little bit more of a dud. Eh, empty. Feel. I mean, it's, it's a good podcasting game. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Well, Oh, while playing, playing Valheim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. It's exactly that. It's the same thing, like, 
that used to be what like shit like wow was for me is like i'd go and do my dailies in wow and i would like listen to a podcast or put on netflix or yeah if you've got somebody there to talk to you can chat the whole time but but if not yeah you just turn on but something you else. don't always have that yeah that's... yeah you can watch a show on your second monitor or something so it's like that's it's that sort of game like it's yeah it's it's comfortable the, uh, the... In, in the way the grinding feels so I like that. I like that. I, it, it makes me wonder, like, back in the day, because, you know, when me and my wife do stuff around the house, like most people, we throw in a podcast or a TV show, right? I'm just like, man, back in the day when you're out doing all that fucking shit and they didn't have TV or podcasts, like, oh, man, that's fuck. They just, I guess if you had a How friend. How are we not constantly getting sensory overload for constantly consuming media, no matter what we mm-hmm. were doing? Like, I won't. I'll turn on a podcast to, like, get up to walk into the other room to do laundry. Like, I can't enjoy silence. <laughs> yeah, I don't like silence. I'm not a fan. Uh, not a fan. It's weird how that's become a thing. Like, uh, I'll like I'm going to take a shit. Oh, I guess I got to grab my headphones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put my headphones. In. Well, to be fair, Shay, you take like hour long shits. So I mean, that's that's quite investment. It's because I'm wiping forever, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna wipe. It's oddly specific. It's like, dude, I'm wiping. A- Give me a break. B W, bro. Always be wiping. Well, here's the thing. I'm Ira Glass, and this is your bowel ass. movement. When when God gave me my ass, he didn't give me one of those no wiping asses. He gave me one of those constant wiping asses. Yeah. I'm with you, Shay. You know, you guys want to hear something gross and very personal about me? Um, nope. That's why they call me the old ass wiper of sorts. Because I'm getting... It just made me think of this, Shay. Um, I was going to tell you guys this before the show, but I figured I'd do it on the show for I get maximum public embarrassment. I um, because I'm g- getting so bulky and I've always been unflexible. It's whenever I wipe my ass, I actually cramp up now. Um, it's it's getting difficult just it to reach like my you're ass dying. because I'm not flexible and I'm just getting so husky and bulky and and just ripped. I'm just I'm 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 putting a, I'm how short are your I'm arms? A lot of mass. I, yes, that's it, Josh. I have very short arms and very short legs. I'm cultivating mass. My wife says I have a very short arm, very short leg, very short penis. So I have very short appendages all around. Um. Yeah, I just thought you guys would want to know that. Yeah, so. just oh. cultivating mass, bro. Uh, <laughs> shockingly, the big games right now on Twitch. Let's see, just chatting, Minecraft, Fortnite, Call of Duty. That's yeah, the usual bullshit. You know, Apex Legends is still hanging in there, guys. A lot of people play Apex Legends. Shockingly, a lot of people. Valheim is not in the top seven right now. <gasps> I don't know how entertaining to stream it would be. Like, we had people hanging out with us, but like. A little grindy for that? Yeah. Well, then how is Minecraft? Yeah, it's more something you kind of. Isn't that grindy? I just well, don't get it. That's just th- a kid thing. I think the big things there with those kind of games is you really have to have the right personality. And the person has to be looking for that particular type of stream. Like you yeah. have Minecraft streamers who are just super chill and relaxed. And the streamers that go to that, that's the kind of vibe they want. They want to relax and chill and watch someone else do something. Uh, there are other um, people who have these like boisterous and bombastic personalities that um, the the game kind of becomes secondary to that or it becomes a vessel for that bombastic personality to come out and so it it all depends on the streamer it all depends on the personality of the streamer rather yeah that's true that's true it's just one of those fascinating things um okay so valheim and persona 5 strikers what more could you want we have some amazing polls like how our audience has no idea 
that or had no idea that reptiles were um yeah well turtles were reptiles were turtles. yeah I couldn't talk but turtle that turtles were birds reptiles are turtles that turtles were birds let's take a break and when I come back I'm gonna learn how to <laughs> speak English be right back doubt it what is up Chomp Nation this is Morgan here also known as General Mountain Time and look I want to tell you today about our Patreon that's right. Chomp Nation is growing every day, and if you enjoy what we do, whether it's the Chompcast, our social media, our YouTube channel, Twitter, anything we're doing out there, you can support us. And for just a couple bucks, you can help keep us alive. And honestly, our patrons have basically become family. And I want to go over a couple of the cool tiers we have if you want to support us. And if you don't, that's fine too. We're just happy that you download and check out the podcast. Um, our biggest and most popular tier we have is just $5. 5 bucks, you get access to early spoiler casts. That's right, Chomping After Dark. You get those several weeks early. You get access to our top secret VIP Instagram page. That's right, on the podcast, you might hear me say, Hey, do you want to be a VIP member of the Chompcast? And you say, I sure do, I sure do. Well, guess what? Boom, that $5 tier makes you a VIP member. You get access to this secret Instagram page that has top secret videos and pictures and polls that only VIP members get. And those polls and those feedback questions that we get, if it's a question of the week, for example, are read on the show, we make you a part of what we do. Um, so go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can look for our $5 tier, which is probably our most popular. And then from there, it escalates. We have a $10 tier, a $20 tier for Skypes. There's a lot of great things. But just head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Check it out. And if you want to support us, it would mean the world to me, Rich, Josh, and Shay, and everyone else out there in Chomp Nation. Until next time, General Mountain Time salutes you. back whoa that was fun i just want to clear up you said something really weird before we started i didn't make a promise uh well you know sometimes there's an implied promise um you that's not a thing like whenever you signed up for this podcast rich you implied that you'd give your life for every one of us on the show um before your family members if need be so you didn't have to say it that was implied Nothing? Nothing at all? Okay. Well, like, don't... It's Just just keep going. You guys are going to love this, alright? So, we have... Oh, let me grab the turtle pole. The first one, again, as I joked at the beginning of the show, just trying to... It was not the landslide I hoped it would be, but 60% of our audience said that the new Smash characters are super disappointing. 40% said that they thought that would be a little high. That's what they get for believing in anything. Mm. Um... Pyra and Mithra are the new characters. I don't like to bash on them because I like to see more female characters in the and general representation representation there. But man, we talked about that last week. I am not super happy about those characters in this iconic fighting game. And sixty percent of the audience agrees. Rich, how dare you? Why are you getting mad at me? Hmm. Oh, this is this is fascinating, guys. Okay, so one of my good friends 
had a pull up about peanut butter and what they called jam. One of my good friends, Paul Rubens. They said, uh, now my friend lives in Canada and that's going to be part of the discussion. And I was like, why do you call huh, it peanut butter? Sure. I was like, why do you call it peanut butter and jam? And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Peanut butter and jam? It's, it's peanut butter and jam. I was like, no, 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 no. I've never heard anyone say that in my life. So I put up a poll. The correct terminology is peanut butter and sandwich. And 80% of our audience, of course, Peanut butter and sandwich? Peanut butter. Why? That's Why would you have... Peanut butter hmm. and jelly sandwich. Is it? I think it depends whether you're putting jelly or jam on the sandwich. Yeah, that's that's kind of They're what not I was the same like, thing. J- jelly and jam are different things. No, but yeah. that's... It's not a terminology thing. It's they're different things. Well, I think it's in general reference to what it is, but I will say this. I agree with Morgan because is it it peanut butter jam time or is it peanut butter jelly time? Uh Exactly. Penis butter and jelly sandwich. Peanut butter jam sounds weird. Now, I will say digging into this and trying to... Did we get a third Morgan in here suddenly? (laughs) What the fuck was that? That was a a BoJack Horseman joke. Mm, it, it still was very much a third Morgan came into the chat, though. We have to we mm. have to call a spade a spade. Thurgan, third Dorgan, um, third Dorgan. Is that a, is that a dwarf? You know, Dorgan. Mm. <laughs> I'm from mm. oh, jerk off Ganondorf. Mm. All right, so mm. th- <laughs> I don't like this. <gasps> What the fuck is going on? Anyways, I found out yeah, that thanks. <laughs> I found out that uh, in <laughs> in Canada is apparently a little more normal to call it peanut butter and jam for for whatever sandwich and or and I think that's interesting. Um, or or those people are crazy, but twenty percent of our audience did say jam, which I thought was funny. Well, they're farther north; they would have had more access to jams instead of jellies. Right, that's uh, true. It's easier easier to keep them. <laughs> what you didn't know is jelly's illegal in Canada. I'm judging all these people I see here that voted and said jam. I'm judging all of them. All these jammers. <laughs> jelly's jelly, jelly's illegal in Manitoba. <laughs> I just want to just want to message all these people. How dare you say jam? And probably not from America, are you? Um, man, this was a good poll. Split right down the middle. Are you turned off by Monster Hunter going back to handheld, especially after how epic World was? Literally right down the middle, 50% of our audience said, no, I'm still jazzed. And 50% of the audience said, yes, I prefer the next-gen Monster Hunter. Right down the fucking middle. It's pretty cool that they were able to double their fan base with just the one game in World. It's crazy that they were able to say they prefer um, one thing over a thing they haven't played yet. That's the best way to do it. You say, I prefer this thing over the thing I haven't played. That's how you um, make it sound really smart. Rise is uh, no longer Switch exclusive. Uh, while we're on the top of yeah, that, it's going to be coming to PC. What? Mm. Cool. But later. Not, not, uh, not day and day, but just, it will be coming to PC later. just release it on the PS5, too. Come on. Fucking kill people. Well, because that seems unnecessary. No one owns one of those. You own a you PC. Own a you own a PS5. That, right? Josh, you're talking about yourself. Yeah, and it's also a buggy yeah, mess, and, and three three of the six buying. people, no, three of the six people that own one are on this podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and we're all really excited for that UV DLC. Josh, I've had zero mm-hmm. bugs. Thank you very much. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, sure you have. What sort of bug have you had? What sort of bug? I mean, I had cyber bugs. Tons it, of them. Like, a... the con- the controls are really buggy. They've it was got a cicada. major issues with, uh, like, certain games just destroying their firmware. And, you know. I had that weird stuff with Miles Morales where I essentially couldn't use, uh, I think that's resolved now, but I essentially couldn't use rest mode while playing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh, 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 you you destroy my psychological firmware every minute of my life. Was... You just stringing some words together? <laughs> like my this guy, <laughs> I just started a sentence. I don't know where it's going. Yeah, no one's who's to say. I I will say this: if we can get a code for that, well, we'll see how we get end up splitting them up. I'm not saying I don't think the game looks interesting. I'm just kind of bummed that it's not, um, on the PS5 or or next gen. But it's a shame it's not on the Xbox One. Yeah, you know what? I, I should I should point that out. This guy keeps t- talking about how he's not excited for Rise, and then was like telling me he's gonna take the review code in private. Shh, they could be listening. Well, look, well, I'm not gonna buy the thing, so wouldn't it be better to take the review code? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, but I think we both want the Resident Evil Eight view code, so we might have to just jerk each other off and call it good. You know, I'm not gonna do any of that. <laughs> Let's play Limp Biscuit for the review code. How about that? I would uh, never play Limp Biscuit. I would sooner cut my own hands off so I could never play an instrument we again. We run a very professional show here. All right. So Capcom, if you're listening, obviously, I, 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 you're getting I the don't think they stopped fine, listening a, two uh-huh. hours ago. They did. They ask you these funny things in those, and uh, when I was doing the forums, like you know, have you ever co- give a show us an example of when you covered this game? So I sent them the Game of the Year podcast where. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, give us an example when you cut your wrists, <laughs> just because of the, the source material oh of the God. conversation. The uh, I sent him that Game of the Year show where it, Rich or, where Fish, our old member, was jerking and going off on it. Yeah, but we were all pretty high on that game at the time, um, those of us that played it. so And uh, Rich, I know you were pretty high on Monster Hunter World as well. So Hell yeah. It's a great game. Great game. Uh, I did not play Iceborne. That's a big tragedy. For did, did you ever play Iceborne? Iceborne's really, really fucking good. That Clutch Claw is an awesome addition to the mechanics of that game. Yeah, Iceborne looked really cool. Um, it's never too late to play it. <laughs> it's never too late, Rich. It's not too late. Come on, sing it, Shay. It's never too late. Even if don't, I don't say... Bring, don't drag him into this. It'll be I don't know what song this is. Still hear you say. Three days grace. Yeah, this has been going. This bit's been going on for way too long. Huh. I don't know. I. I love Uncle Cracker. Here's the heartbreaker of the year. Anyways, I love everything about Monster Hunter. If I do get the code and I decide to play it, I'm definitely gonna watch that shitty Monster Hunter movie to to get myself in the mood. Because I gotta know. And also, I never saw the second Spider-Man movie, and you I really just want to see Mia Jovovich's boobies again. The, the, Hold. Wait. Watch. What? What boobies? Which second Spider-Man movie? Oh, the Far From Home. You're talking about Far From Home? Oh, okay, okay, never mind. I heard that. mixed That's things your... on it, but I really liked Homecoming other than... It's good. All right, I, I, I thought you were awesome. talking about Spider-Man 2, and that was no, no, I've seen about to be a problem. Spider-Man uh, Far From Home is very good, and I also like Spider-Man a lot. Mm-hmm. They released but it's a the good new Spider-Man movie. It's, they got the home theme because the new one is called No Way Home. It's going to be out in December right. of this year. 
Yeah. Thanks, Google. I like to watch the movies whenever I get in the mood for a game just to, like, kind of set. It's like the when I bought uh, Persona 5. To really, like, ruin it for yeah, you? Yeah, pretty much. Um, like, if I want to play Doom, I got to go watch the one with The Rock, you know, before I sit down. <laughs> I mean, you got to do it. Just so yeah. you can watch that first-person sequence again. I mean, there's nothing quite like it. If you smell... Yeah, there's Doom. The, the only purpose for that movie... Was so you could show it to your parents and say, "No, no, BFG is for Bioforce gun." That's literally the only function of that movie. <laughs> is that what they try and pass it off as? That's what, yeah, that's what they settled on in the film. Yeah, no, it's the Bioforce. I've, gun. I've never seen. Why the wouldn't movie, they call so... it the big fucking gun? It's an inappropriate movie. It's not like it's for kids. It's not like it's PG-13 and they're trying yeah. to avoid... Because they were like, no, there needs to be a real name uh, for it because we're taking this super seriously. Yeah, no, this is a real like, thing. We can't just be the big fucking gun. The Rock like, had a personal stipulation in his contract. I will not be in a movie with a gun called the big fucking gun. I'm sorry. The Rock smells like what you're every movie I am like in it. contains only these big fucking guns. And that is that is <laughs> written into my goddamn contract. John John Carmack was too busy building Listen, a rocket ship for his cat to notice. <laughs> Listen, I understand it's called the People's Elbow, but I will reserve it especially for you if you do not talk, take this fucking gun out of this movie. Amen. Wow. A mm. fucking men. <laughs> um, Hallelujah. <laughs> Um, so what I was, God, you threw me off there. Um, <laughs> but like it, it, they did, they could probably do a Doom movie more in the vein of like Aliens, where it was like really tight, sort of like slightly horror, but also action. Um, they could just not do it. I like, I like, yeah, I don't think it's not needed. It's one of those things I don't think needs to be done, but I, I wouldn't put it past someone who cared about the subject matter to do it. I just don't see the point, you know? Um, cause even if you do good science fiction, it's like, do you really need to use the doom license? No, not really. Um, yeah, no. In fact, it, it's almost like it's a giant crutch that just basically means you couldn't do good science fiction. Yeah, no, I think the only way to do it properly is I think you're going the wrong direction with aliens. I think you've got to go John Wick. They stole his rabbit and he's going to kill all of them. Uh, yeah. Or yeah, just would do a like Commander that. Keen movie. Yeah. People mm-hmm. would like that. You could... If someone gave, like, if I was a director and someone made me make a Doom movie, I would try to make a really good Doom movie um, just to what spite you them. make you, like, a gunpoint? <laughs> <laughs> well, what, sometimes what they do if is Someone forces you to make a Doom movie. <laughs> they'll give those movies, to, those scripts or those projects to certain up-and-coming directors that want to kind of... By the... Yeah, but uh, actually, by the way, I want, I want to focus on this. You said you would make a really... Try and make a really good movie to spite them. I want you to know that wouldn't work. Because then all this person, if you did make a really good movie, the person would just be like, see, I was right to force you to do that. Yeah, but at least I'd have a, a good movie on my, my resume. What you would, what you want to do is tank your career and his. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't want to tank any careers. Um, you just remind me of Tank Girl, the Pamela Anderson thinks a lot. But you know you know how you start? You know, you, uh, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to join you on your casting team. We're casting the Doom Slayer. I said we get Michael Sarah in here. <laughs> well, d- dude, oh, pff, that would be. <laughs> we actually end up making a really awesome movie. That's a choice. Uh, we end up making a really awesome, uh, like. What are you doing here? Who are you? I was thinking of, like rip and tear and stuff. Oh God! <laughs> I just realized it just. You know what? Be- Morgan be- saying up and comer with us talking about the Doom movie. 
made me go Google it. And that asshole is responsible for Doom and the Chun-Li Street Fighter movie. See, there you go. Wait, everyone's favorite Mortal Kombat character, Chun-Li? (laughs) (laughs) It's Chun-Li. Why do you guys say that? I don't like that. It's Chun-Li. Come on. (laughs) Because if you're going to do it wrong, you do it wrong all the way. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, you know, no, on this note, seriously, I don't, sometimes this happens. We'll have a social media post that like does way better than our normal shit for no apparent reason. Like it just hits the algorithm. And I had a post last year that like, like, I'm not even kidding. It was like thousands of likes. And it was, um, I was casting the doom slayer as the dude that played Spider-Man's nemesis, um, Emperor Zod, Emperor, is that his name? Emperor in Zod is a Superman villain. Super, sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wondering where this is going. Um, the guy who played Emperor Zod in the Michael Zack Shannon? Snyder Superman movie. Uh, Michael Michael Shan. I sure hope yes. none of those words are real. I'll, I'm I'm afraid they are though. I'll I'll take a screen cap and send you guys. It was it was nuts, dude. That fucking caught on like lightning. It didn't do a goddamn thing for us really, but a damn that post caught on like lightning. And I would see it places yep. and be like, that lightning was me. is sure popular. I had that meme. I made that meme while I was taking a poop. I love when I catch it. Mm. Me too. It's electrifying. Yeah. It's electrifying. It's mesmerizing. <laughs> I was really, I don't know, I was really proud of this. It was honestly probably our biggest post in years, and it was just such a dumb thing I made. And I looked back at it, and I was like, well, oh, neat. Um, anyways, uh, it's because you know what they want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you, you typed that right as I was doing that, Josh. God damn it. <laughs> That's perfect. I'll just send it to you guys in the chat right now. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so people, most people were smart and said turtles were reptiles and the rest were confused. Um, I will say, listening back to that podcast, whenever Rich was uh, yelling at me saying turtles were amphibians, no one jumped to my aid. Nobody jumped to to help me. Because they... <laughs> we know it's a bit at this point. Well, to be honest with you, Mark, I didn't think you needed help because I figured you could have taken that one on your own, but. I mean, if next time you need support to tear someone else down because they don't understand basic evolutionary history mm. in uh, biology, let me know. Let me know. Charles Darwin Speaking was a of, frog. Uh, what, what is the shell of a turtle called, Morgan? <laughs> T-U-R-T-L-E power. T-U-R-T-L-E power. T-U-R-T-L-E power. Teenage mutant. All right, clearly he's having a stroke. Look up the top. I don't remember the words. I had the Teenage Turtles VHS, and I remember the song. I don't know what the shell is called. I, I probably do, Shay, but it's I don't. I couldn't tell you off the top of hand. What is it called? I think I've told you like four or five times now. Carapace. Carapace? Oh, yes. a carapace. Yes, 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 yes. So that's like, I always think of those as being more of like an entire body unit, like your whole, um, is that because the shell is also sort of connected to like their, the bottom part of their belly is it like one big unit and that's all the carapace? Is that what it is? It's an absolute unit. <laughs> well, uh, I think that, I believe that has to do with part of it because obviously, and we, again, we've talked about this on the show too. The the ribs are inverted, and that's what makes the shell of a turtle. Yeah, yeah it's a good point. That's a good show name too, Josh. Kara, piss. Um, you have to really fight for some good ones there. 
Well, if someone read that, they would probably say Kara Cara piss. piss. Uh, so Kara, a lot of hot people named. Cara. Yeah, Frank, and, and Frank, that would almost be I pronounced to, the exact like, same way. Carapace. I, I was the rest trying of my time. to. <laughs> I was trying to build this joke in my head. I couldn't quite get it um, to work mm. out while we we're talking about this. Like Care Bears, I was trying to work like ah. a joke in my head where it'd be Care, Care Piss, Carapace, like. And then I was like, "Build a bear workshops." Piss workshop. I, like, I couldn't. I couldn't think of anything. It, okay. I just couldn't. I couldn't get it out. I'm sorry, yeah, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with piss. I, I wanted I to love. let you know that there was a joke there that I was trying to make. I just I couldn't do it. There's, there's a joke here somewhere. Kara was mm-hmm. pissing the night away. Pissing the tub thumping. You drink some whiskey <laughs> piss. You drink some vodka piss. We all drink piss. We drink urine. I get knocked down. I'm on carapace. Oh, yeah. tiny cock, tiny cock, tiny cock. I get knocked down. Let's I'm move on. I did this. I did this to us. I'm sorry. All right, so yes, under her carapace of self confidence, she was very sensitive to criticism. It says poetry here, right here. I'm looking at it on Google. But yes, it is defined is as a, the hard upper shell a... of a turtle, crustacean, or arachnid. Arachnid. Fucking wild. Yes. Arachnid. It's like a spider. A spider. I wouldn't think of a spider having a carapace. I had really? this dream one time about a giant 500-foot turtle that was dead, and there was a spider that had eaten, eaten out its belly and built a web on the inside of its hollowed-out carcass. Um, yeah. that's not, that wasn't your dream. That's a deep, that's a yeah, no, did you... <laughs> is it really? <laughs> no, that was, that, like, no, no, that was like one of the Google like news stories that showed up on the thing. What's it like five, six years ago now? Are you messing with me? I can't tell. If <laughs> yes, we're right, messing. Thanks. It does sound like an amazing <laughs> Dark Souls boss. So, yeah. Yes, it does. It does, yes. The Devourer of Turtles. Malgum. Yeah, look, like it just had found a dead turtle and used its body as like a home, you know. Or killed it. Who knows? Yeah. Good place to catch flies. It's, yeah, turtles. Why do you want flies? We don't. Um, Shay's going to run us through our... Pa- just catch them. It's more it's We all have a, a part to play thing. in our uh, Patreon shoutouts this week. Um... <clears throat> Yes, sir. I don't know which Did, one of those documents is mine. Mouse it's over It's the it. one labeled it, rich. It'll, mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't show. Anything. Well, that's yeah. the thing with with Skype, because Skype will cut the thing off like halfway through. Even if it's got more than enough room to to display all the text, it'll just be like, I, I oh, it. no, like, you've read the first 10 characters. There's no way you need any more context than that. Morgan but if you mouse over it, you'll see which one's yours. Mine says Morgan Barnes Barnes for some reason. Yeah. Does it really? That's what we call you. We call mm-hmm. you Barnes Barnes. Uh, yep. No some of doesn't. us are men's men. Some of us oh, are Barnes Barnes. That's cute. Shay highlighted the parts because you guys are so terrible at reading them and he doesn't trust you. <laughs> it's because I highlight it myself to make sure that happens and then I have to edit out the silence as you discover your next line. I know mine. On the fly. I have a theater degree. Thank you. I know, I took a lot of theater, and All right. mostly to get to the Do you? hot theater chicks. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that... you have a degree. On, is it, like, a theater degree somehow note... sounds <laughs> even let's, less let's useful than an English let's degree. Let's just get into it, guys. Let's Ooh, get into it. Let's get into it. So, 
Um, these are the February 2021 Patreon shoutouts. Josh, whenever you're ready. Ready when you are. Baby. Wretches. Danny P. Dressed in his underworld garb of red pants, a golden belt holding them up, the skull of a titan covering his right shoulder, and a fiery crown sitting atop of his head. You will never escape this place. Do you possibly think that it is better out on the surface, where it's cold and uninviting? You may think that you live in hell here, but what awaits you on the surface is far worse. But you will never find out. The four started for Tartarus, ready for another go with the underworld. Their first boon shined on the ground. Would it be shown? It'd be shown, Sean. wouldn't it? It would. Sh- was shining on the ground. Sean. Sean. <laughs> Their first boon shone on the ground, waiting for them to accept it. Well met, you four. I'm Bernadette, god of, il- <laughs> god of illustrations and compositions. Accept this power, for I wish to meet you on Olympus. The four battled their way through countless enemies, picking up more boons from Jonathan, the god of truth, Jay Holbro, the god of pugilance, Lisa, the god of fantasy, the Rev, the god of sublimation and vapors, and Zach H., the god of music. They reached the end of Tartarus, where they were confronted by... It's me, James, the tunnel of your nightmares. You will bathe in death. A massive, unwashed... <laughs> oh, fuck! Speaking of Dark Souls bosses. <laughs> A massive... <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get through this line. Fuck, fuck me for writing this. Line. A massive, unwashed fleshlight with limbs... After a, after a perturbing battle, you really set yourself up for failure. After a, after a perturbing battle too grotesque to describe with words, the four defeated the enemy, leaving it behind. They moved on to Asphodel, where they were confronted by a new lineup of enemies: Brian's, Ivan's, Josh M's, Josh L's, Kane's, Larissa's. Paul's, Raoul's, Stefan's, Sai's, Zalby's, Tawny's, Vince's, Corn Spaces, and Jessica's, and even Beefy Gamers. Beef. As they littered each area, looking to score a kill on the four. After fighting through the hordes, they came across. What the hell is that? <laughs> They came across Zeus in the heavens raining lightning down atop my grandmother's wrinkly pussy. <laughs> they came <laughs> They came across what of wild creatures over our face with 
Silence! The four came across a monster so terrible, so sinister, so putrid, that they feared that they would not win. They stood toe-to-toe with a rat. No, not a massive rat, but a normal-sized one. It is I, Eric the Giant. I I will gnaw you until you bleed to death. Suddenly, the rat's sidekicks appeared from the ground. Chances and fletches rose to protect their leader. The four looked to each other, nodded, and... Okay, boys. It's time to turn the game off and go to bed. It's 11.30. But, Mom! We're almost finished with the boss! Now, young man... Uh... And thus concluded the four's journey for the night. And scene. Good job, guys. <laughs> scene. I um I have to admit that I was in my Kotatsu last night writing this. Uh pretty late. And I think it was about 9 30. And I, I was wrapping this up, and I wrote the grandmother's pussy line, and I couldn't stop fucking laughing for a good I minute. I thought my delivery was pretty good. <laughs> is the is it does it feel good to masturbate in the kotatsu? Because it's all warm in there, right? Uh, it gets too I like. I haven't masturbated in there, but it would get way too, too hot much. to do oh. something like that. It gets really fucking hot in there. Yeah. But um, oh yeah, there is some. There, there's one joke in that um, shout out that I'm super proud of. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. Um, I know that there's one patron who will very much appreciate the joke that I put in there because I actually had to do some research um, to come up with the actual terminology because I had forgotten. But uh, hopefully that person appreciates the joke. But anyways, uh, thank you very much to our patrons who have... Uh, <laughs> excuse me, who have stayed on, um, who have continued to support us, uh, especially during these tough and turbulent times. Uh, it's meant a lot to us. Um, thank you so much to each and every one of you. Uh, we're going to be changing the Patreon a little bit. Um, we're going to have, we're going to have a new tier going up starting next month. Um, I figured this is a perfect time to talk about it. Um, as, uh, we're done with the Patreon shout outs, but thank you guys very much. Uh, for our $10 tier, uh, we're going to be doing a brand new thing. We've kind of been doing something else that hasn't worked, so we're going to try something new. We're going to be launching pre-show content. Uh, as we get on every day um, when we do the podcast, and we have about 15 to 30 minutes of banter usually, and there are jokes in there that unfortunately don't get heard on the main show unless we kind of reference it to each other and then it's kind of a callback to a joke that nobody really gets to hear so we're going to be putting that up as content uh so that's going to be pretty much a guaranteed four audio clips every month that you get access to and that's on top of um or that's just the base stuff we're going to also be 
if there's enough warranted uh, before the chomping after dark, if there's anything good there, we'll put that up as well. Um, we've also discussed any of the the uh, solo podcasts that we do. For example, uh, Morgan just recently did an interview with Jason Graves uh, for his In the Blood podcast, and I think he talked about that, but check that out. But for example, if he's doing an interview or I'm doing an interview, or if any one of us have a new podcast dropping in the near future, um, and we're we're doing kind of like pre-show content regarding those, I think that'd be kind of like a cool behind the scenes if like I'm talking with um, a developer, Morgan's talking with one of the composers, if we're kind of like talking about like the pre like the pre-show stuff and whatnot and just kind of bantering to get to know each other right before you launch into one of those interviews i think it's a cool way to check some of that stuff out so we're going to be launching that starting in march um there's already one pre-show up in the patreon um just we wanted to kind of gauge interest interest there to see how it would work uh so we're going to give that a try uh the entry to that one is going to be the ten dollars which gets you access to that gets you access to the two-week early um, two weeks early to the chomping after dark gets you access to the private IG gets you access access to the Patreon polls that we do every week. And, um, it gets you access to the shout outs. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I know, like, I'm sure some people are like, yeah, we fucking get it. Patreon. But like, I'm really, really excited about what we're doing over there to be honest with you. And I want to talk about it. I think we are putting some of the best content out there on Patreon. Like we have so much stuff available and um, yeah, we, we want to continue to bring you guys this amazing content. Like this week's poll that I did was talking about the discord. You know, I wanted to see if people are satisfied with our discord and if we can make improvements. Hey, I so shaved my head bald th- for our patrons. God damn it. I shaved my head fucking you bald. You shaved your head bald so you didn't look like shit. Mm. Yeah, now you look great. Yeah, Paul they did Morgan. you a I favor hope you with continue that to if you want to pin that on them. Yeah. It definitely makes the whole hair part of my life easier. Yeah. I'm sure it does. It does, yeah. Yeah. Um, Save money on shampoo. But yeah, uh I just I wanted to mention that um again, thank you to each and every one of you patrons. You mean the world to us. Um we're going to continue to try to strive to bring you interesting content as well as anyone who's interested um the entry fee there is granted i know we're running ads but i i want to talk about it it's a it's one dollar it's one dollar and you get access to some patreon polls and that does affect to some degree what we do here at Sorchomp. you have a voice um and it's one dollar a month and um depending on what you want to do from there there's an amazing. You can check out the other tiers. So, Shays, yeah. you were going on that uh, uh, nice soliloquy there. My alarm started going off, and Josh is going to hear this on the edit. It just sounds like a fire alarm going off in my we house. We can hear it right now. Hear, yeah, it's just like a fire alarm. Yeah. That's a fire alarm, guys. We got to get out of here. Thank you so much, Rich, for being here from New York. Shay from Japan. Josh from Michigan. I'm from Montana, where everything's going to hell. We got to get out of here. We'll see you. Oh, it's not. Well, you ruined the bet. You could have just rolled through. You're right. Let's just pretend we're still going. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. We'll see you next week for an all-new Chompcast. Bye. Bye.